Hi, this is Brett Blevins. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> nice. You left me some gap. Love Thank you. Yeah. That was a nice, healthy gap. You're crazy. She's not thick at all. Well, I mean, she's, I just like them a little slimmer than that, but I, 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 she's like a size two, dude. I worship her, but, so there we go. Okay? That's all I gotta say, so I'm absolved of any kind of stupid comments I may make along the way. Just like this show, right? <laughs> ah, I'm so glad to hear both of you. Oh, me too. It seems like it was two weeks since we did this last. I think it was. No. <laughs> never. That would be impending doom, you know that, right? Oh, that would signal the end. Yep. Yeah, we at this point it's cosmic. If we if we have, if we skip a week, it's then then we just start phoning it in. We're not going to care as much. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah right. we'll, get to, we'll get to it. Whatever. There's no way we're going to miss a week. We, I will we, record if, myself. If, if if God's forbid, like some kind of confluence of factors caused us to not be able to record, we would need to have some kind of like League of Substitute Heroes stand in for the week. That's not a bad idea. All right, let's let's riff on that. Who would be our League of Substitute Heroes? That's a really good question. Get along. Yeah. That's the thing you say when you're thinking about something, isn't it? That's a really good question. That's like the, the pat I'm answer. Not distracted by this vision. <laughs> She's uh, I mean, who would we pick for each of us? Yeah, would it, would it, would you look for like proxies? Would it be people we've had on the show before that we know get along well together? Would we need to try and just like, what would be the ideal way to have us substitute heroes? Wow. There's, I think there's about eight to choose from. Okay. Apologies to that ninth person who's not going to hear their name mentioned. <laughs> it's upset. <laughs> God damn. No. Um, well, you know the go-to people, right? Yes. I think we're calling people out and we're going to make some people feel bad. No, I, mean, I we should yeah, I think so we'll, we'll but, but, I, but I, I think it wouldn't be that hard to, to come up with a, 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 a crew that would do a great job in our stead. Right. And yes, and I, it's fair to say they, they've all been on the show before, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Scotty would definitely right. be in the lead. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But we won't single people out. But we just did. Just, hey, everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics. It's a special episode, 444. And I am Vince B. Oof. You are Vince B. And I am David A. Price. Cutie. That's true. And I'm Nathaniel Essex. <laughs> no. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood. Sinister. Thank the gods. I'm so sinister. You're not sinister at all. You big old lovey dovey. <laughs> Mayhap. Hey, and you uh, know what? Did, what's his Boy. name? Um, Who? Uh, what the fuck's it? Dude, dude with the toothpick in his uh, mouth all the time. What about him? Uh, what's his name? Uh, the host. Oliver. Oliver Peck. Oliver. Yeah, did Oliver Peck uh, get a new neck tat? He did. I never noticed. Will you stop watching TV? I'm yeah, dude. I'm gonna make me it's turn. It's on mute. All right. I already saw it. I'm just gonna spoil it uh, on I'm you. Don't, don't. Do you know who will spoil you though? Oh my God. Who? Oh, yeah, I do. Discount comic book service, DCB service. They will spoil you with massive discounts. You will not ever. Pay retail for your books again. It's just 
That simple. You can get massive discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as, now remember, this is the last time you're going to hear this. The previews has shipped. It's out there, which means, dun, 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 the old Spotlight specials will go away and new ones will be put in their stead. So for the last time, you can get from Fanagraphics, Life and Legend of Wallace Wood hardcover. This thing is massive. It's like a $40 book. But if you're a DCBS subscriber, which you should be, you can bring it home for $19.99. That's 50% off the cover price. What? From PS Art Books. It's another hardcover collection of old stuff. This one's called Pre-Code Classics, Space Busters and Space Patrol. It reprints Space Busters 1 and 2 from spring of 52 and, and the fall of 52, Space Patrol 1 and 2 from the same year, and Nightmare 1 and 2. Why? I don't know, but that's fun. From uh, summer of 52 and the fall of 52. This thing is a fifty nine ninety nine hardcover. What's your price? Forty percent of that. Thirty five dollar ninety nine cents. And my boo, Mr. Richard Corbin at Dark Horse, doing a horror anthology miniseries called Shadows on the Grave. I want to say say Shadows from the Grave. Mm-hmm. That sounds better, doesn't yeah. it? Whatever. Who cares about the title? Because you know the art's going to be great. And the stories are going to be kicking and icky. Cover price, $3.99. Your price, one ninety-nine, fifty 50% off. com. Run as fast as your fingers can type and go. Sounds like he's typing. No, right. somebody dropped hey. something upstairs. You guys better get lively. This is bullshit. Both of you, turn that damn... Do your thing and then we're going to... Well, look, come on, jump in the fire. Fire! Fire. What are we drinking? I'm starting to get ornery now. Yeah. Well, you better be drinking now. Something, then. Well, I'm not. Oh. I'm drinking. I'm drinking Pepe Max. Yeah, because probably, probably you, cause you already, about already, bringing us up. No, he already tossed all his yingling. Yeah, I actually I, did. I can't have a yingling. Can't have that. Yep. So, Pepe Mac. Till I can get some magic hat, trogues, or uh, you know, flying dog. Not that 11.5 stuff. Nah, son. That shit's terminal. Can't have that. What you drinking, Bo? I'm drinking that Asti Spumanti life. Wow. I'm Does that have fruit in it? I'm kidding. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking oh, that yes. Colos de los Siete, that, that, that Argentinian table wine we like so much. Nice. A whole bottle of it's in here. It's been the bottle type of day. I got some. Uh, you keep corks? Yes. What is no, the thing much, with keep much corks? to Renee chagrin? I keep corks because I want to do something with it. Whether I want to make like a fucking uh, a trivet or a cork board, I want to make something with them. That's a good idea. How many years have you been? Why don't you make a make a massage chair for yourself, like in the car, like the yeah, cabinet? All oh, those things. People keep the corks to make something, and then it's like seven years later, and you got yes. all the corks. Oh, absolutely no. Yeah, I got bags downstairs. It's like no, I've worked for days. <laughs> The- Make a man out of cork. Make cork man. Dude, when the uh, when the great flood comes, I'll be able to float away. The corks That's right. float away. I have to admit though, they do look nice in a large glass like on a yes. just a bunch of corks in there. Especially if they're if they're not just like some fucking random corks, but like if they're the now, same. Wait, is that is that? Oh, no, see, I like them random. No, like it when it's like like right next to the wagon wheel clock. <laughs> 
and the or the more <laughs> to the side and the big uh, spool coffee table. I, I see how it is. I, I'm, I'm the, getting the, it now. The, the the painted mushroom egg timer. <laughs> no, it's oh, fuck. No, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it should be. I don't mean all the same bottle of wine, but I'm just saying like from. But if they mean something, like if, if they're from anniversaries right. or some special sure. events, but um, now do you swap that out? The American Gothic print every couple months, or you the the, the Velvet Elvis next right. to Jesus? Cool. Um, after so, I uh, finish my Harvey's Bristol Cream, I'm going to go back. Harvey's Bristol Cream. <laughs> the, uh, actually, yeah. because because uh, Jason mentioned it last week, I bought another bottle this past weekend. Um, and because he threw it out there last week and, and, and I wasn't drinking it at the moment, but tonight I am having the essential red Bogle. from the Bogle vineyards. Yeah, there. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's got some, uh, old vines, Infidel, Syrah, Cabernet Sauvignon, some Petite Syrah. Nope. Dang. Uh, it's yeah, so there's a, there's a it's quite a blend happening there. Good stuff. Hella good though, cool. right? It is. Good. Yeah. It's good. Sounds it. Nice. Great. How was y'all's week? Well, um, yeah. it was, kind of yeah. it started off a little rough, right? Yeah. We can talk about that? What are yeah, we about? actually, no, it was the end of last week. Yeah. Oh, oh, was, for sure. Yeah, no, I had to think about, think on it for a second. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course we need to talk about it, man. Wait, wait, wait. Sunday's the beginning of the week. Right. You're right. That That's is true. It happened Saturday. <laughs> Or was it now Saturday? I'm talking about Walking Dead. Oh, so that oh, came back. Oh, See, I thought you were talking Jason about Jason and I are Yes. Oh, I believe we were going to get there, but well, you, I thought... You still had to start it off bad, and then you talked about Walking Dead. All right, okay, uh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yes. What I uh, to say was the incredibly <laughs> horrible and way too early loss of one of our... By age contemporaries, and I think one of the best modern comic book artists of, uh, around, and that is Steve Dillon. Yeah, yes. passed away of. I don't know what he passed away from, frankly, but but what he was. What, it 40, doesn't really matter. Forty-five, right? forty. No, fifty-four. Oh, I'm sorry. He was okay. Yeah. So it was your age, yeah. not ours. Right. Yeah, and and we all I think it's 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 amazing that when someone says Steve Dillon, someone will obviously inevitably drop. Oh, I love his Punisher work, but the man is known for many things. Like my favorite Steve Dillon work is not the Punisher. Oh no, me no, it wouldn't be. And it, it's not Preacher either. Uh, the boys. No, his 2000 AD stuff. Oh, not I, I love his dread. Yeah, no, his yeah for you that would and. Yeah, for a lot of people, it would be preacher. I mean, it, it's yeah, co-creation, it and and that's you know where a lot of either it may not be their first exposure to Steve Dillon. They may have seen him do other things, but yeah, well, Hellblazer too. I mean, is yeah. yep. Um, but he, uh, yeah, I think he's he's pretty much synonymous with with preacher. For me, no, it it for me it's it's Punisher just because I have. I'm pretty sure I have a, a, a complete Dylan Punisher run. I I still haven't finished. I have the first three preacher trades. I still never finished the series. Uh I know it's great. It's just um it's not what I associate the the man with. And and he is just it's 
it's consistent. It's, it, it, it's, there's, it's clean. It, 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 there really isn't, and it's not, it's not so much that it's, it's flashy or, or so, um, knock you on your ass, but a lot of his work is just, is subtle. It moves the story along there. He may not be packing nine panels on a page, mm-hmm. but because of the work he is doing, he can really, he knows how to pace a story. He knows how to pace an sure. issue. And, and that's not, that's not something that, um, everybody can do. And, and it's just, but it was just, it's every, every time when it, any, any new Punisher issue that, that came out, anytime he did anything, he was, he's one of the artists who I will definitely, um, he would have, he would get me to check out a book sight unseen. Um, there are um, an unbelievable outpouring of, I think, very uh, touching and fitting tributes to him over the last few days on the internets and the Twitters and the Facebooks. But you know which one I thought was most poignant and I wanted to read? Uh, Jason Pearson's. Now, uh, I think most of our listeners would know who Jason is. I did not read is. it. All right. Well, I'm about to for you. It's short, sweet. But Jason Pearson is, uh, we've talked about him before, a very talented creator. Um, again, I, I don't know the man, but I think if you are a, a Facebook friend with him, he is, um, I think you guys would agree with me. It's fair to say he is a man who has some, some demons, some troubles. Yeah. Some demons. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he freely admits it. He's, um, again, I don't know him, so I don't know exactly what's going on, but, but he's a guy that, that if you read his stuff, he, 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 he's very, very emotional. Um, and he lays it out. Yeah. I don't know if it's again, uh, I don't know what's going on there, but there's definitely he's raw. He puts it out there, but he's an unbelievably talented artist, and 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 I think we all would love to see him do stuff more frequently. Um, but uh, his I again, there was a, a litany of tributes to to uh, Dylan, and I just found Pearson's to be uh, poignant relative to what David was just alluding to, which is I think Dylan had a very distinctive artistic style and. Some people didn't care for it because it was, in their minds, a little simple, I guess, in terms of just um, he drew people to look kind of normal, I guess. Like, you know, like like they, yeah. like 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 he drew real people. And, and I, I think that's one of the things I love about him. But I, I think others didn't didn't like it. But this is what Pearson had to say. Steve Dillon, rest in peace. I hate him. Read the post before reacting. Well, I hated him in comparison to the greats that I once aspired to be like. The Michael Goldens, the Michael Kalutas, the Bernie Wrightsons, the Bilson Keviches, Kevin Nolans, John Burns, and all the rest that caught my attention when I was a nebulous novice in a galaxy of gigantic comic book stars. Then Preacher came out. Steve annoyed me with his pedestrian way of drawing. No dynamics. Always the same fucking dry facial expressions. Always the same inclines. Always the same. Ugh, whatever. If you appreciate astrophysics, at least on an amateur level like me, you'll see Steve Dillon like our sun. Our sun in relation to other stars isn't the biggest or the most dynamic, but it is always there to say hello to us in the morning. It's always consistent and does its job with silent grace and with no apologies. Now, Steve is gone, and I just realized that his talented sunshine won't ever grace another one of my skies. Now that he's gone, I hate him more. Whatever. God bless you, Steve Dillon. Thanks for making Preacher one of the best reads ever. Thanks for being one of the best storytellers ever. Maybe we can share a pint one day and laugh all over this. But I just thought that was a pretty feat. That's a pretty reasonable assessment of Steve Dillon for both his 
his critics and his and his fans. I think I thought it was well, well said. Yeah, absolutely, it's true, right? And compared to five or or even ten pages of characters in plain clothes having a conversation, drawing the gigantic city destroying cosmic battles is easy. Yeah, right. It's the, it's mundane stuff. Capturing attention and holding it over a, a series of pages when you're when you're delineating just people speaking, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. That's and he he managed to completely hold your attention, at least mine, uh in in said instances. And and that's a very tough thing to do. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, Jesse and Tulip just being together it was like magic right and i think at the hands of uh you know there's a lot of people that wouldn't have done as great a job on that than steve dillon but he he also did the big bada boom very well too. he did and to david's point i mean i i think he'll be most synonymous with preacher just because of how well regarded that that vertigo series is for so many of us but i mean he did punisher six different occasions for, for decent size he, um, he uh and it's it's because it, it's because of Dylan that I even bothered giving the preacher TV show a shot cuz I mm-hmm. don't know a lot about the character and 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 the whole uh setup but I like the man's work as far as the punisher um he and Garth kicked off well they didn't kick off the Marvel Knights because it followed that horrendous angel storyline but uh there was the welcome back for or what ended up becoming the welcome back frank uh series the 12 issue mini series that uh, joe and jimmy let garth and and steve do um back in 2000 2001 right. after those 12 issues uh it stayed with marvel knights and it kicked off a 36 37 issue run which Garth and Steve kicked off, uh, working on the first six issues. Issue number seven, which I completely forgot until I was doing my reread, uh, is enough set issue and that is written and drawn, uh, by Steve Dillon. And then Garth and Steve take a bit of a break. Garth does come back around, they, they come back around, I think issue 13 or so, work a little bit more and then Garth finishes off the series. Um, with a few different artists. Then, uh, there was a, um, there was the, the war, I think it was War Journal, where they both worked on it again. And, but yes, there were about seven different instances, most recently with, uh, the current run, which I have no idea now what's going to happen with it when, uh, with, with yeah. Steve doing the art written by, uh, Becky Cloonan, mm-hmm. which I, I caught up with, uh, right up to issue six on that one over the weekend as well. And, and even it's still, the Punisher looks a little different. He looks maybe a little older. He, he, he's just, he's drawing him not the same way he did, uh, back when Marvel Knights kicked off. And, um, I think that's also because. They have to kind of time shift a bit. They're really not focusing on you know, the Vietnam War, and, and they're just saying he was a soldier and uh, in a nondescript war, whether that could be Desert Storm or what have you. But um, 
Steve did kind of change Frank's look somewhat uh, to, I guess, to just differentiate differentiate it from uh, the work he did with Garth. And just because it's it's a different volume, it's a different series, and, and it's kind of a, a different Marvel than, than when he and Garth were working on the character years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and Am I the only one of the three of us that read the Wolverine Origins run? No, 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 no. Because that that was the Daniel way really surprised me with that series because he brought nuke back. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. And, and, you know, sadly we got Dakin out of it, but, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, no, I, I absolutely, I, he, Steve isn't exactly and to Vince's point earlier about, you know, what else? Yeah. Yeah. He can, like like you said, Jason, he can draw. You know, the the guy in the suit and the girl in the skirt really well. Uh, but when it comes time to like draw superheroes, or um, I mean, I thought he did a great Hulk, but again, it's still just a large dude. When you need somebody in in spandex, um, not that Steve reminds me of Gray Morrow's Batman, but he's still it it it's still not as as dynamic as just about any other artist drawing uh, a spandex clad figure, but it did not seem all that out of place to see Steve Dillon drawing Wolverine. Well, if you go back and look at his 2000 AD stuff, all of the things that you say were absent from his, his Marvel work are in the 2000 AD work. It gets big. There's costume characters running around I think one of the reasons why it looked out of place is because that he made his name drawing characters that weren't super powered it's in, in the, in the spandex. I was going to say, right. I mean, many of them had powers to your point, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, it could, it, I mean, it, it, it could be preacher, but you know, punisher, the, the majority of it is just doesn't demand the gigantic. It doesn't demand, um, Anything other than than reality, which is you know. the only time I thought it was off for me uh, was was his Thunderbolts run. I just thought that wasn't quite great. That's I didn't read right. that. Yeah, I didn't either. Could also be because Charles Soule wrote it, though. So. Oh, hi, oh. Captain. Uh, hi, the uh, Um But yeah, man, pouring out for our homie, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You know. Now that other thing. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I, I completely blanked. Right, I didn't well, forget. Let's, I just let's blanked. Let's timestamp right. this. Uh, spoilers for the premiere of The Walking Dead. Really? What? Like everybody hasn't seen it by Come now? On, stop. You're not no. that guy. However. I'm not. Lots of I, actually, have I have, I have one question for Vince right off the bat. Uh, let me do this. Let me do the timestamp because I'm really going to timestamp it proper. Nice. So I got. We've been recording for 33 minutes, and it says 23 on the on the recording. Well, it should because it's 9:34 and we got Jason at 9:10. Usual time, right? Yeah, right. I yeah, was, I was slacking on 9:05 for the record. Do you know how how bad you tweak him when you come on the Slack first? Really? <laughs> yes. Only because he's, he's like what. No, but see, okay, but the reason I do that is because I assume when I turn on Skype, 
since you guys are already on, you'll see that I'm connected and then you'll connect me. But then I sit there and wait and you guys don't connect. So I'm like, oh, maybe they don't know that I'm here. <laughs> right. Vince doesn't see you and then I see you when you're on Slack. So see, what is, you, guys, you guys make fun of me coming on late, but you secretly love that little 10, 15 minutes we get to kvetch together and just. And oh, it's true. Highlight of my week. <gasps> that boots. Oh, it's a dad. The, uh, there you go. So, alright, so you got the timestamp. Vince, are you still going to watch this show? Rubber meets the. Yeah. Oh, so. you. <laughs> no, I'm not hypocritical. Yes, I am hypocritical. No, no, you're, I don't think you are. I don't, I, I wouldn't see you as being hypocritical if you continue to watch the show, even though this is what turned you off of the book. Right. Well, all right. So- the thing I admire about, about what they did was the way they did it, I thought was very well done. And the fact that they did do it. They, they they even showed they, it. They pumped us up last year to believe that Glenn was indestructible. Yeah, the dump, true. the dumpster, the Alexandria thing. I mean, he had been in more scrapes last oh, year nice. than right. And the fact that boom, right off the bat, with every with all the baggage that that character's carrying, a, a wife with child, and one of the most beloved characters in the series. More so than the comic, really. I love Glenn in the comic, but Glenn in the TV series is far more developed than Glenn in the comic ever was, right? Maybe because he's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they said, fuck you, and they just did it, I was like, yeah, I gotta admire that. I, I admire the middle finger, DK2. I mean, it's, it, whenever someone flaunts their ability to manipulate the audience, and that's what this premiere was. It was total audience manipulation from the get-go. I mean, they did a little bit of a trick with Abraham in the beginning, thinking, alright, I guess it's not, and then they, they just, uh, because of Daryl, they they uh, gave him reason to do what they were go- going to do right from the beginning. And I think it was Nicotero that tweeted. And if I was working on Walking Dead, I would be very, very pissed at him. That's because he, tw- he tweeted something along the lines like, two deaths this episode, one you don't expect and one you do. And I'm like, what? Why what's, would you say that? What's the point of watching? It's... But I mean, you know all the energy and time and blood and sweat and 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 creative mojo you you're sinking into the show. Why would you show your cards before you're called? Why? Wait, what? It's why would you say that? I mean, even if he wasn't specific, but he kind of was. One you expect. Anybody who has read the book expects, you know, or would lean. I mean, you have to bet. This episode, having read the comic on who would die, wouldn't your, you know, smart money would at least put some money on, on Glenn dying? Of course. Right. And so to tweet that, to say oh. one you expect and one you don't, that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I, I'm not talking about the quality of the episode. I'm just like, shut your mouth before it's over. Well, here's the most interesting thing I think about this episode. That scene in the comics is what caused a great many people to either give up in your case or take yep. a pause in my case with the book. Mm-hmm. And we weren't alone. Lots of people that had been reading it from jump 
said, you know, I just, that's it, man. Like I've just had enough. Like, uh, right now, as you know, I've gone back and Dap and I and Dap actually read the whole thing. We're, we're, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it got past that and I'm glad to be back. I, so I, I, the time away served me well, but what I find fascinating is that there has been a internet narrative since the episode aired lots of articles and some major publications about why this is the jumping off point for the walking dead TV show. And I've had several of my friends who have watched this show, but do not read comics say, I think I'm done with the walking dead. And I find that fascinating because in essence, there's no greater compliment to the show being evocative of the comic than for the TV episode of the same exact events leading to viewers who have no connection to the comic also saying, I think I'm done. So it's fascinating to me that that one particular moment with that one particular character is so powerful in two different formats that it's leading to similar reactions. It just goes, no, it just goes to show, like you said, how well the characters are written. We, we embrace them. What I didn't like was the get over it bullshit. Like a lot of people were like, come on, it's, you know, it's a, they're, they're, they're make believe characters in a make believe setting. No one died. Like get over it. Cause they can eat a dick with that nonsense. If you, those are the people that refuse to surrender to art. That's what, it is. They just will not relinquish that ego and just bathe themselves in whatever they're looking at or experiencing. They have to put the, the themselves in the forefront. And it's like, I, that's sad in a way because you never really, truly experience the possibilities. Like, you, you, you're, you're, you're going, it's a stopgap. You're always just going to get so far and then you won't let yourself get any farther. And, and to me, that's, that's sad. It really is. That the the guy the people that don't say oh yeah I, I cried at that scene like why wouldn't if it if you felt like crying why not cry that's that's a right, power right. a testament of the art sure. like yeah. come on nobody's watching dude you could do whatever you want mm-hmm. but I, well uh, right, okay. right, okay. no my, my um my brother and I were he yeah, my brother's been saying you know since. February, whenever the season wrapped up, it was like, it's Glenn. It's going to be Glenn. Um, you know, my friend told me because he read the comic that it's, I'm like, Oh yeah, your friend told you. All right. So that, so he's <laughs> Alex just figures it, it's Glenn all the way. And I continued to tell him that I think they still, they still made a huge gaffe by not giving us the opportunity to be so pissed at Negan all summer long. And, and yes, I'm going to watch because I want to see where it's going. So it's not like, Oh, well they pissed me off so much to hell with them. And I'm not, I, I was very impressed with the episode because we got two deaths and, and I was not expecting that at all. There's, there's no reason why we shouldn't have or, or why that wouldn't happen, but I wasn't expecting it because all I wanted to see was who, who he can take out, and and that, and the fact that they just strung you along for like the first fucking twenty minutes of the episode because Rick's doing Longer flashbacks, and yeah, yeah. It, well, the, but it, he's got the flashbacks going on, and and it's like I'm trying to see if there's a common denominator through each of the flashbacks because that's the person who's missing, and I keep seeing a lot of Daryl, and I'm like, all right, so let's see where it's going. I'm like, it's not going to be Carl because he keeps, but then we um, 
we see what happens and it, and, and it makes sense. And it's interesting that it, just like there are certain characters who are still on the show who died a while ago in the comic and, and, and Abraham is one of them. So the fact that he takes yeah. Abraham out. Okay. And Abraham was the only one who, for the most part, physically and mentally was kind of still all there. So. All right. Come I, on. I, if, if, if you were in charge and the, the, the group assembled in front of you and you looked at Abraham out of all of them. Right. Abraham was the biggest threat. Exactly. Now, when he's going with the baseball bat with the eeny, meeny, money, he was playing fast and loose with the placement of that bat. Oh, yeah. My my mother said to, and then he would go two words or three words. Yeah. So there, there's, there's talk on the internet that he planned to kill Abraham right from the get go. I believe that's true. I do too. That's who I would take out. Yes. Um, and, and again, once, um, once Daryl goes and makes that huge fucking mistake, uh, and again, it sets it, it, but that's Daryl though. Right. And that's fine if he thought he could do it, but obviously now he's got to live with that guilt, but he, it was a very stupid decision. What could he possibly get out of that? Right. <laughs> and, and, and it, it, it allows, it allows them to do, to, to really hammer home the fact that Megan is a piece of shit. Um, you get, you, and, and, and what was, when you think back about the, the season finale last year, last season, um, both Abraham and Glenn both had something to live for. They, they, they were both being set up to, to live these lives with, with Glenn and, and worrying about sure. Maggie and Abraham trying to, but I mean, Vince is happy now to Sasha single again, but at least you have mm. all of this, um, you know, there, there, there was, there was more to lose. And then I'm thinking, as soon as, again, as I'm texting my brother, we're going back and forth, where, and it was one of the few times where I actually did watch it in real time. I did not go back and watch it at my leisure. So, as we're both watching it, as if he's sitting right next to me, and then, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but then, but then Negan and Rick, um, go on their yeah. little caravan in the caravan and the, the job interview. <laughs> but, and, but it's, and, and all I'm thinking about, because he's like, so what did he have with him? Oh, he had a hatchet. I'm like, Oh shit. Now Rick, yeah. I'm going to lose his fucking hand. That's what I thought too. Right. right. And, and it still might happen because I have a feeling that this whole hatchet thing is going to like really just kind of be, be something between Negan and Rick. But um, you know what I think? I don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, could be seasons, could be years until it happens. But when Rick finally kills Negan, he's going to use that axe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's all going to come yep. back to that. Yep. Uh, yep. but then to now, and, and, and so by before the episode, and even when Negan's like, listen, you know, I, I need you to believe me. I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Um, cause I'm not getting that look from you. We're gonna cause your your kid to lose his hand. I'm like, well, no. Rick is just gonna like instead of going after Carl's yeah. hand, he's just gonna cut his own off. And but I'm like, because I'm thinking this fucking kid lost an eye. Now he's gonna. It's like he's gonna end up being like fucking the gimp by the end of the season. And and it's just like Monty Python. Like, oh, shit, right? It's just gonna be a little head. <laughs> it's a flesh wound. <laughs> it's a flesh wound. I'm like, it, it was it was a um, 
it was a hell of an episode. I don't, you know, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I, I saw snippets of, you know, scenes from the upcoming season. So of course we got, we got the tiger and, and, you know, there, there's some things that are going to, um, it's, it's, this, as a lot of people have said, it's, it's kind of like a reset. It's it, things there, there, there needs yeah. to be some, there's a shift and, and, uh, we're going to see kind of how it, um, how it goes from here. But it was, I was, yeah, I, I'm, I still think it was a mistake at the end of last season, but I, I, uh, I can respect the decision and, and I can, I'm still in to see where we're going. Yeah. Sure. Well, and they, I think they did some cool things. Like they've, they actually, when they were, when they filmed the, the, the episode, they actually filmed ne- scenes with Negan killing lots of other people too, including Maggie. So that if anything leaked, you wouldn't really know what happened. Right. Which, and they showed that because we saw Rick. Yeah. But I mean, like they filmed full scenes though. Like they actually filmed as like the alternative, like alternate, right. alternate scenes, like, which I think is yeah. great. Like I love that. I love that's like, I love that they that's went out of their way to try and protect the outcome. Yes. And look, I think that the, to your point, Vince, I know that you're right. Maybe that tweet wasn't certainly was suboptimal, but I like that they, I thought it was clever that they kill Abraham first. So you have that little moment where you're like, oh, really? Like they didn't kill Glenn. They didn't follow through. And then they get Glenn. Like, you know, it's like, so they did what they should do, but they still gave you a little bit of a tease to make you think, well, maybe we aren't going to do what you think we should do. Right. So did you notice the, um, well, first of all, they filmed, um, the scene with Abraham looking at Sasha before. Yeah. As if to say goodbye and they took it out because, uh, Nicotero said that Abraham is so defiant and so headstrong and, uh, macho, uh, I guess the word that he would never avert his gaze to Negan. Because it would be a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. So he, they, they cut that out, but they did have him, I guess he, I didn't catch it when I saw it, man, I'll watch it again. He did a little peace sign with his hand before Negan smashes his head mm-hmm. to Sasha, as if to say like, see ya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I, I was, overall I was impressed. I really hated the happy time flashbacks. I hate those when they do that. So the little, the quick, the quick little, no, that was cool. But when he was, uh, when Rick was uh, with Negan and he was thinking about all the time he has spent with these people and they did the, the short little burst of happy time Maggie or happy time Glenn. It's like, okay, boom, boom, boom. Here's a bunch of scenes real quick. I hate that. Oh. It, it's so trite. And it's, there's a, there's gotta be a better way to do it. Right. You know, it's like focus on their eye or something. Like put a big, a big, um, Glenn eye in the, in the, in the screen. Like be artful about it. Just don't boom, 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 low montage. Mm-hmm. It's so boring. But uh, no, I I liked it. I th- I thought the 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 stretched neck could have been done better. The yes. special, the prosthetic didn't didn't look all that great. It's um. Didn't, did you think? I didn't know. No, it, I'm. I. The um. He he does the peace sign before he gets hit. Yeah. Yeah. But the I'm just saying the the uh, the. The makeup on the the hanging guy was was not mm. all that. Oh yeah, it was okay. 
but who I, I wasn't really focusing on on that as so much during that scene anyway. But I, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All in all, great episode, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. It, it put you through the ringer. Yep. Well done. Sad to see Glenn go, though. Um. Oh, did you guys watch the Talking Dead after? I never. Uh, s- some of it in the beginning because uh, it was live, and well, it's always live, but they they, they had yeah, the audience and, uh, and the uh, which yeah, apparently since it, they're in a drought and it never rains in Los Angeles, it started raining according to Hardwick soon after, uh, shortly after Abraham was killed. <laughs> right, uh, right. I I just have one comment uh-huh. from that Talking Dead. Kirkman seems like a humorless fucker. I'm that that does not surprise me at all. Well, listen, I don't know how the dude's changed over the years with the fame and the fortune and all that, but I mean, he was a pretty fun dude based on everything I know from like Ron and the iFanboy guys. I mean, they 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 boozed it and parted with him quite a few times, so Cool, but I mean, but, yeah, I mean that was years ago. So I mean, yeah, he just he he sat there. I mean, he rarely smiled. Mm-hmm. I think he laughed once or twice, but he just seemed. Maybe it was just the the way the camera caught him, but right. he did not seem to want to be there or be having a good time. It's like your show is is it's the most watched yeah. show on television, isn't it? Like, wow, live a little. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's just I would be giddy as a. A mofo, if that oh, if sure. I was in no doubt shit. there, yeah. So what comics but, did we read? Oh, we got lots. All the comics. All of them, right? All of them. All of them. What do you you want to go in on one? Yeah, let's, let's get it. Ah, oh, this is great because uh, we have read um, in unison you Justice League of America two hundred. This is what Ooh, we said no, we were going to. It's an anniversary issue. Well, I know that, but I mean, why this <laughs> particular one? Because it's awesome. I'll, I'll let David tell you why it's awesome, but for me, it's it's got a huge roster of talent. It's square bound. It's just it's yeah. just a fun, amazing issue. Go ahead, David. No, it's it, well for me. It is. It's one of my favorite issues uh, of all time. It, it's it's a. Um, is is yours stapled or is it glued? Is it is it stapled towards the the back or is is it glued, Vince? Um, no, there's no staples in. Well, it doesn't look like there's staples in mine, but it is been, okay. It's it's square bound, but it's yes. not. No, it's yeah. yeah, it's it's not a traditional um stapled in the middle and and folded over comic. There's there's glue involved, uh, even if it's just to glue the staples in place. But uh, it is it it is it's an anniversary issue. It. The, um, it is, it's, it's like old home week where you have, um, the, the meteors that, uh, meteor shit that brought the Justice League together, that brought our seven heroes together. Um, the Appalachian meteors, they, they, uh, they summon our heroes again. Uh, un, not under their own will. So, uh, while our original seven are mindless and, and, uh, basically running on autopilot looking for, for the meteors, the, um, the, the reserve members, the, the newer members, the, the, the current roster and, and some that have recently quit the league, they, 
pitch in. They, they, they try to stop, uh, the original Justice League from, from completing the mission to find out, you know, what the hell's, because they're not, it's, it's not, um, they're wreaking some havoc. And, and so, so the, well, they want a rematch. The, the, the guardians of the meteors want a rematch, but it's not the original guardians, right? They've, they've been, they're clones or, 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 yeah, and they've been inserted into the, the, because the, the meteorites, don't forget, were encased in kryptonite. Right. That's why they had to, they had to spread them across the globe because they would make Superman, you know, messed up. Um, and then there's the wood one. But I didn't know, and I had to ask David, I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. When I read this, I didn't really think about it back in the day, but rereading it, uh, Presently, it says that the the Apalax meteors was the mission that actually formed the Justice League. That's this right. is what brought them all together. Yep. So it's very fitting that this is the 200th issue, and they they uh, use that as a springboard to you know bring it into the present day. But I said I, I thought Starro was the first because that was the the first time in Brave and the Bold. What is it? Twenty eight. Yeah. It, they fight Starro, and David's like, no, 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 no. That was the first appearance of the League, but that wasn't their first mission. And I'm like, right. what? So I did a little digging, of course, and it's issue nine that of it's the origin of the, of the Justice League of America. Yeah, after once the Justice League proper title started, um, they went all the way to issue nine before telling the story that brought them all together. And this is a sequel to that story. Right. So, you know, just so you know. Put that little tidbit in your hand. And poor Firestorm. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? He's got to do monitor duty. That's yeah. like, that, that's like janitor's well, that's duty. Kind of, but everybody's <laughs> got to do it. Everybody's got to do it. Uh, oh, man. It's, yeah, and, and, and it, because it is, it is 1982, so our, our setting is not, um, is not the caves, is not Detroit. We are in the, um, we're in the satellites, the satellite era of the Justice League. Uh, mm-hmm. but as far as, um, yeah, we, we've talked about some of the heroes that appear in this book, but, uh, the people who bring this story together, uh, are a list of greats and, and they, it's the, the main story. It, it's written by Jerry Conway. The main story, the framing sequences, if you want to call it, the, the um, everything that happens on the satellite or after our our team ups or, or battles, uh, that's done by George Perez and Brett Breeding. And uh, your roll call is uh, the original team: Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, The Flash, The Batman, and Superman. And your new members. Uh, it consists of Firestorm, Red Tornado, Zatanna, The Atom, Elongated Man, Black Canary, Hawkman, with special appearances by Green Arrow, Adam Strange, and The Phantom Stranger. It's crazy, isn't it? There's so many characters in this book. And there are so many artists. This is one of my, this is one reason why I love this issue, and whenever I see it at a convention, I need to buy it. I, I, yeah, I've like, I don't know how many times I've dipped. I have it digitally, and the coloring really doesn't do its service. Oh, it's the digital's it horrible. Poor justice, but it's it's um, but no, I, I mean, as far as to get the story, it's 
it's great and it, it serves a purpose and just to relive it. But I actually love the smell of that issue and, and, <laughs> and the, the, the weight of it because it is, it's, is it, it's, is it 70 some on page 72? Thank you. I was 72. Say 96, but I figured that was yeah. all. But, uh, this title bugs me a little bit. What's it? The splash title page bugs me. With the, with the satellite? The, it's, it's weird because I feel like I should be married to Renee. The fact that Green Arrow is a special appearance that bugs the shit out of me. Why? He quit the league before yeah, the he season. wasn't in the league. That was the whole point. I know, but, but he, I think Arrow should be in the, see, you can't put him in the new members because he technically wasn't a, a, a member, but the fact that all the other ones, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam Strange and Phantom Stranger were never members proper right. up until this point. Green right. Arrow was. Sure. Right. And that bothers me a little bit, seeing him relegated but, to the special appearance. But he's That's not, his own he's not a I member. Know. I know, but it's oh, just... Then, okay, but, but give him his own box then. But I, I, I that, that's fine. Yeah, it would be awesome featuring Green yes. Arrow. With special with, appearances by. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so you have... I, I, I used to love going back and, uh, rereading just some of the battles because not only did I have some of my favorite heroes fighting each other, but drawn by my favorite artists. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the first chapter one, the first fight is Firestorm the Nuclear Man versus the Manhunter from Mars. And it's, and, this is why I like these little types of books because I always look to see if the right or the correct or the proper artist is actually drawing the characters in that little story. And in this case, yes, it is because Pat Broderick, who's the artist on this story with inks by Terry Austin, uh, was drawing the firestorm. The nuclear man at the time. So it yeah. was, it was perfect. It was fitting for Pat to be drawing this particular chapter. Did you expect this outcome? Well, I mean, yeah. The outcome yeah. is that every old member beats every new member. So why wouldn't you expect the outcome? Right. But this is the initial salvo. Right. So this well, one, okay. this yeah. one would have tipped the skit, you know, but no, I, I expected John to beat, especially oh. this. Period firestorm, which, like you said, he's he's the greenhorn. Yep. He doesn't realize at this point exactly what he can do. Plus, Plus I mean, it is, and in the satellite era, like you, you have to think that uh, you have to what think. That, no, sorry, I, just, uh, I want to mute to say goodbye. Good night to my son. Um, you have to think that, um, like, I don't know. When I think of the satellite era, like I think of Martian Manhunter, right? Like, so yeah, yeah. he's got to get it. He's got to get the leg up. And and of course. Firestorm would be caught off guard. I mean, like you said, Vincent is the first salvo, so yeah, it, right. it wouldn't know what to expect. Um, he just ran at him with his head. That's all. <laughs> just try and burn him. Just, just burn him. Man. I've always struggled. Uh, I mean, you guys know this. I, I've I've never really liked the character of Firestorm because I, 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 he's like in the Superman territory, but even worse to me, where he can like he's like Molecule, but he can do anything that he wants. So it's like a oh, uh, then you would you would really hate the Ray. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't like the rather. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because all he has to—if he knew how to make—if he what? You alright, man? I think he's dead to David now. No, 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 no. I like the Ray's outfit. 
and I mean, but it's, it's, yeah, no, I mean, cause I, I just remember one interview where, where Jack C. Harris was like, listen, if, if the man knew how a gun worked, then he could just create a gun out of nothing. And, you know, so yeah, somebody like that is way, way, way too powerful. And in the right hands, you know, that, that can be, you know, for a force of good. But yeah, I, I definitely get where Jason's coming from. It's like, you know, so it, he can do pretty much anything, but instead of bullets, he's going to make sure that the gun fires flowers. And it's just, it, it, sometimes that can be a little, a little wonky. Right. Well, at the time when the first issue of Firestorm, wasn't that DC's answer to Spider-Man? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the first year or two of Firestorm was just, it seemed like, Ronnie you know, Raymond seemed an awful lot like Peter Parker. An awful lot like Peter Parker, yeah. The whole college thing and the support yeah. of the past and yeah. Yeah. But at least Ronnie's Uncle Ben's still alive. Yeah. That'd be like Peter having Uncle Ben in his head like all the right. time like that. Exactly. Yeah. Which he kind of does. He just doesn't talk to him. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so the second chapter, all right, let's real talk, right? There are a lot of great artists on this, and as David said, the interstitial segments are done by George Perez uh, and Brett Breeding. It takes massive skill to overshadow Perez, correct? I Okay, I would say correct if this was 1986, George Perez. But it's 1982. Okay. And while he had a good okay. run at, at Marvel and he did some work for DC even before, it's not like he, he just started working on Justice League with this issue. That's he was true. doing That's a few true. issues before this, so he's got a feel for the characters. But yes, even still, this is not the strongest. No, Perez. that's what I was, I was going to say. In my estimation, Perez is the low man on the totem pole in this issue. Safe to say, yeah? Yeah, there there are. I mean, there are a couple pages where you're like, oh, okay, there he is. But as right. there, they they are fewer than I would care to admit. Yeah, like the introduction of Snapper Car, that page, that's pure Perez. That he's in the zone on that page. But others, not so much. But I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just then when you get to Jim Apero doing Aquaman and the Red Tornado, it's like okay, right? Yeah, and yeah, like David said, awesome panels too. If somebody's going to draw Aquaman, make sure it's Jim Apparel. Yeah. Yeah, since somebody else already, I guess, claimed the Batman page. I mean, th- yeah, it's... things that struck me, because this is the first time I've ever read this issue. Never read it. Get out! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aww. Um, thought it was hilarious that Green Arrow and Black Canary have to, like, are teamed up. Like, it's like there's, like, I just found that funny that, like, they weren't, like, badass enough to, like, go one-on-one. So they had to be like a team, which I just thought was funny. Um, loved how quickly Batman dispatched because fucking Batman. <laughs> oh, yes. like, there's, he's like, I'm not trying to fucking, like, this is ridiculous. Like, I would take all your bitches out in two seconds. Like, it's kind of true, yeah, right? It's awesome. I love yes. that they do that. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I know it's eight early 80s comics and so, this was par for the course, but I thought the origin story, if that's really the origin story of Just League, I thought it was fucking retarded. <gasps> I, I thought the idea of these, how did these seven beings from all different planets that have different 
like origins all come from the same planet, and how did they end up in little teeny tiny meteors that are the size of fucking bowling balls? Like, like it makes like I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, were the meteors like portals for them? Were they vessel? Like, like it just well, I don't like they weren't giant they meteors. And, and why were they kryptonite? See, and why were they kryptonite? They knew. They you're, knew. What do you mean they knew? You're, what you're, they knew? So you're using no your sense. mature. You're using your mature. 40 plus year old 2016 brain to try to make sense of a 1962 story. 100%, which is why I say with the caveat. And, <laughs> and, and, and that does not at all take away my absolute enjoyment of the rest of the issue because it's, you get past it because that's how comics were back then. And then it's hella fun. It's super fun to have the original Justice League against the then current Justice League battle on mano right. a mano. If, if there's anything I, I love above all else that the, the roster Getting the band together, uh, uh, stories and like probably second is the, is the hero versus hero battles. I love them. So I'm marked for that. So it was all good. I was thrilled to find, I mean, like I said, never read this issue. So it was super fun. So I enjoyed the issue immensely. Just thought that at the beginning, I was like, Oh no about this. I was like, Oh no. For the first few I was like, Oh no. I'm real with this. Uh, then we get to David's favorite chapter. Jim? Green Lantern versus the Atom. No, that's not the next one. Cause chapter well, no, three. Ne- well, that's, well, that's oh, Wonder Woman versus, okay, yeah. Yeah, Wonder Woman versus the Atom. art by Dick Giordano. Yeah. Right. As it should be. So that makes sense since it's Wonder Woman and Zatanna. So, uh, I hate that Zatanna costume. Yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a beat costume. I, I hate regular it. costume is so much better. Yep. Agreed there. Um, but yes, the, uh, the, the, one of the, one of the chapters that absolutely made sense for the artist because of both heroes in these few pages, uh, Green Lantern versus the Atom with art by Gil Kane. Yep. And Ma- malleable anatomy abounds. Oh man. And, and eyeballs through, through masks. It's just, it is, um, he, he can draw these characters in his sleep. Then, and yep. that almost, I think, did every, no, yeah, I think every, every chapter, every hero, every hero versus hero had at least, well, had a splash page. And I, one of my favorite images in comics is the splash page of Adam knocking Green Lantern on his ass. And, and in that just, Gil Kane style that it, it's, you wouldn't see again for another 20 years when Todd McFarlane started drawing Spider-Man. It, it's right. just, these are the, the, the types of, of contortions Kane would put his characters in and it's, it's, uh, and, wow, and I, that's, that's insightful that I never th- saw a link between Gil Kane and McFarlane before, but there it is. Really? Yeah. Oh. I uh, never even considered it. Holy crap. So you have, you're gonna have just a couple panels of the two heroes just shooting the shit for a second because Adam's trying to talk sense into, uh, Green Lantern, but of course he was just lulling him into, uh, false security and our, uh, well, our hero, the original, 
decides to uh, make away with uh, with his chunk of the meteor and uh, fly away, which we then again cut back to the satellite where everybody gets an update on their scorecard. And the next chapter, again, fitting for this artist featuring these two characters, The Flash versus The Elongated Man with art by Carmine Infantino and Frank Giacoya. And it is, um, again, it's, it's just, it's absolutely fitting. Yeah. I think this may be one of the best conceived issues as far as production side goes, like ever. They did, they really mapped it all out. And, and we did, with the exception of maybe the Green Arrow Black Canary, because Boland was just coming up at this time. So he was, a, I think he was an unknown quantity, so to say, right? But then when, when you get to the, um, the Hawkman chapter, who else would See, draw this, this chapter? Well, that's the thing. See, that's, it's not a chapter I really have an issue with because absolutely, you're right. When you hear Hawkman, who else would draw Hawkman? But what threw me for a loop, and, and as far as, just real quick, getting back to Jason with, with the Batman versus Green Arrow and, and Black Canary chapter, again, based on World's Finest Comics and everything else going on and, and post, um, Hard Traveling Heroes, it absolutely made sense to have Green Arrow and Black Canary team up, not only because they were a couple, but because Black Canary is, the, is, is a current member, whereas Green Arrow is kind of just along for the ride. And of course he wants to look out for his girlfriend, make sure, you know, she stays safe because Batman is, is, is this, this big tough bad guy. Um, and yet Batman bitch slapped them both. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As he should. Um, but yes, so you have that one artist who absolutely should be there to draw Hawkman, and because of the guest appearance, special appearance by that one other hero that shows up in this story, um, the one thing that I just, I could never really, it's not that it didn't make sense for me, but it didn't really click, is to see Joe Kubert drawing Superman. Well, it's the only chapter where the focus shifts. In all the other ones, the original League are drawn by the appropriate artist, where in this chapter, it's the newcomers that are drawn. It, it was, I mean, um, Kubert's drawing Hawkman, where the focus should be Superman. Right. Oh, that's true. why this, right. the, that's why this chapter, it seems so strange, because you had, uh, with the exception of the Boland again, you had Broderick. No, it's, it, it's goes with the Broderick one too. Because Broderick, the focus there is Firestorm. Yeah, if, and who, if, and yeah, and unless you were going to get Ross Andrew, who else was going to draw the Wonder Woman chapter? So right, right. And I'm, I'm I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Adam Strange doesn't show up until after the chapter ends. So Kubert does not draw Adam Strange. Perez actually does. Yeah. Um, Back in the day, I thought it was neat that Kubert was drawing Superman. Oh yeah, no, it just it was so unusual for me because I mean it's not like Kurt Swan drew a whole lot. Of Hawkman, so it it makes sense unless right. shows up in DC Comics presents. So it makes sense that that yeah that that Joe would draw that chapter, but it because you rarely see Joe draw Superman. It it just it was it stood out a bit. It it's it it was odd, but not in a off putting 
way. It was just unusual for me to see that. Yeah. Um, My favorite chapter. Of course. Yeah. And then we get George Perez kind of comes back when, when the league realizes what they, um, the mistake they made. Uh, and then it's, it's, um, it's, it's all George all the time from that point on. And that's when the old and the new all team up to take on the aliens, to try to right the wrongs that the yeah. original members tried to, uh, put forth. But, um, love to dig at Marvel. Which one? Did you, did you catch it? I don't think so. When, when all, the, when the, the old and new band together to defeat the, uh, guardians, they are the 15 of the greatest heroes this weary world has ever seen. And their strength resides not in simple slogans, but in their very identity. <laughs> for they are the Justice League. Nice. No Avengers assemble. We don't need it. Because, you know, we're balls nasty. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, actually, Vince, I don't know if um that might be missing from the uh the digital. Not mine. I can send it to you. Oh no 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 no! It's the double page spread for they are the just yeah. right. It's before it's before everybody starts to go after the right artists as they're leaving the, because right there um George kind of disappears again and and it's when you have um. Batman waking up to Green Arrow right in his crotch. So, um, <laughs> and I don't know what the hell Barry's doing down there as he's running off the page. It's like, I, it's like a little, he's dancing like Elaine. He, <laughs> it's true. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this page right here isn't exactly, um, one of the, the crowning achievements. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but no, it's, it's a, um, as I, so I, right, so that I like this because, Vince and I read this years ago and, and yeah. over the years and Jason just read it. So if anybody else out there has never read this and you find it at a convention, you find it at a, in a back issue bin, you, wherever, um, I would love to find out what someone thinks of it, whether they're, they're only current with current DC, they only know about current DC or, you know, they're familiar with anything from, from the crisis on. But if, if you've never read this, um, and you finally do, I would love to find out your take on it. Yeah. Drop dead classic issue, I think. And it's, Everything you need is right here. You didn't. You, you don't need to know what the hell happened in issue one ninety nine. You don't need to know You're what happened. Very happens true in about that. that. Yep. It right. is. It's two ninety nine. No, I'm saying. I, well, you, you know who you could thank for that, Roy Thomas, because he was the, the the advisor on this, and and you know Roy had a way of like um, Shooter had a way of making each issue accessible but this being a anniversary issue which did not look like everything else on the stands didn't act like everything else else on the stands i'm betting that roy you know may have tilted the table and say hey, let's let's make this inclusive and just not have any other baggage on this mm-hmm. thing other than justice league of america number nine and i love the wraparound it's cover. fitting yeah. yeah oh that, that that cover where everybody where where you have the background of where all the action takes place and it's just, and it, and it's color coded to match the specific here. It's just, that's where 
George is some of the best work of the issue was, was on the cover, but it's, um, and even the way everybody's names are on the back, it, it's, it's really, it, it's an issue where it just kind of tugs my heart a bit. It may not mean squat, but it, it's not like it's the first appearance of anything. It's not, it, it, it's not a grail issue where, you know, something has to happen and, and Overstreet's going to jack the price up. It is, it's just, it's, a, no, I don't, and at the time it was a buck 50 and that shit's crazy. So, uh, no, it, it is. I think Gem Mint, it goes for under like 10 bucks. I could see that. 10, 10 12 bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 12, I think would be, but it's, so it's, it's, yeah, no, I think, and you, it's, it's the bang for your buck. You're going to, I, I always have fun reading this series. I mean, reading this particular issue. It's just, it, it, it just stirs up a lot uh, of memories for me. Sure. Um, and if you are currently watching Supergirl, this is who Snapper Carr really is. <laughs> well, uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen the new season of Supergirl yet. No. But they've introduced Snapper Carr to the series. Does he snap? No. Why? And the reason I, and, and they, and, and Kara has kind of, she, she says, oh, now I know why they call him Snapper. Because he's, he's a, uh, He's basically like a, a Robbie Robertson and, and J. Jonah Jameson rolled into one. He's working, he's working at, at, at CACO and, and he's, uh, he's basically the managing editor. He's, he's, he assigns the stories. He proofreads. He does everything he's supposed to do. Um, but he treats that car is new. She's a rookie. She isn't, you know, she, she hasn't earned a stripe. She's still learning the ropes. So, uh, He's very short with her, and and he snaps at her a lot. She's oh like, come on! Oh, now I know why they call him Snapper. And I'm like, eh, Seriously? I don't think so, and he's older. You, he's he's a character actor. You've seen him. You know exactly who he is. I, I don't know the man's name off the top of my head, but I'm like, that is not Snapper Car. Well, Snapper initially was like a beatnik. Yeah. Yeah, but he was also because with the stamping and the yeah, right. Yeah, like so. I mean, should be older. That's yeah. fine, but. They should have made Snapper like a younger, like a hipster type character. Well, they already got plenty of young and then you got went on it. So it's, it's, but yeah, no, it was just as soon as they said his name was Snapper, I was like, Oh, that's awkward. That's silly. Um, although there are some other shows where, um, specifically Arrow is introducing characters right and left this season. Um, it's, it's, Four episodes in, and it's it's kind of like a, a return of greatness with like the the second the second season um, when you had Deathstroke. This season, they have given us they're giving us Wild Dog. <laughs> they're for real. Giving, yep, complete with the hockey mask and the no. jersey. The no. Yep. Uh, yep. Don't make me watch Arrow. Yeah, I will watch they, it for, for, oh, for Wild Dog. Oh, you know why you're also going to watch it? Why? Because they've brought in Ragman. Really? How could they yes. possibly with the with the origin intact? With the well, he's not. I don't think he's Jewish, but he is. He's. Oh, he's are you serious? Ragman has to be Jewish. He has to be Jewish. He, well, it's I there. They've tweaked the, the origin. The, the rags are still mystical and they still, but it's, it's, I, I, I think they're trying to like shy away from any concentration camp fucking connection. Oh. So, um, there is, and so they brought in Ragman and, um, 
I'm not going to get to the big bad yet, but they introduced the new district attorney who goes by the name Adrian Chase. No. And they showed a sketch on Felicity's computer earlier in the season. It was actually a George Perez sketch I found out of our ski goggle wearing vigilante. So why didn't I hear you squee? I should have heard you. You should have heard me. I don't know why you didn't, because I'm pretty sure most of the people in my neighborhood did. But the the big bad, the windows probably were not open. You might have the AC. Um, the, the big bad is walking around taking people out left and right. And they asked him, he was, while, while he was standing over the last guy who he was, um, shoving a, a shiv into, they asked him, who are you? And he says, Prometheus. And wow, from uh, Morrison's JLA run? See, this is the thing, because while I was digging out my Punisher issues for the reread, I found right next to each other, not the other three issues of the miniseries, but I found the first issue of Wild Dog, and from the pages of JLA, New Year's Evil, Prometheus. Wow. And... Michael Golden cover, yes? No, which is why I was going to mention it when... Jason Pearson. Jason Pearson. So when Jason mentioned him earlier. um, But, and this this leads me to my thing where where, um, the difference between an event and a storyline or or a... um, Yeah, like like the Judas Contract or Round Robin or Dark Phoenix. There are... Panic in the Sky. Those are storylines. Something that has... That goes over a few different issues or, or a, uh, or has a bookend that every other thing ties into. That's an event. And I'm trying to remember, I, I did not read New Year's Evil across the board. I did read some of JL, of Morrison's JLA. I really wasn't too keen on it because that was the Superman red and blue era and, and you had, um, and, and there were a couple other characters. Who the hell was it? There were, there were some characters in the no, angel. Yeah, the angel, angel. but is so, um, as is that ever. Azazel. Azazel. Thank you. So, so there were some characters in, in his run that I wasn't really feeling. So I wasn't keen on that JLA, but I did go back to the two issues. I think 16 and 17 where Prometheus, which cause it blew me the fuck away. One dude takes out the entire justice league. So when, um, when A, when I saw the Jason Pearson cover, that caught my eye. But then to read the Stooge origin, uh, in this issue, but to find out, yeah, to, to remind my, to remember that I own the issue, um, I don't, what else has, I, why have I not heard of a lot of, um, Arnie Jorgensen after this one shot? Um, cause the art, the art is 90s, but it's, it's very, um, it's, it's clean. It's it's not a. Um, it reads kind of quick, but as far as you know, setting up the origin for Prometheus and and of course this this retro dude that he takes out, and yeah, and and it does lead right into the current issue of Justice League at the time, JLA. So um, yeah. you really need to keep reading to to keep more of it. But I also know that um, whatever greatness Prometheus could have had or aspired to was. Uh, they 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 kind of neutered him and 
cut his knees out from under him, I guess, shortly after this, because has anything else been done with the character? I remember seeing him, but not recently. That doesn't answer your question. No. Um, you know, and I was, I was incredibly stupid because when I said Michael Golden, Jason Pearson, if I remember, did all of the covers for this New Year's Evil thing. I think you're right. I really think yeah. you're right. Cause I'm thinking about, it. I, I love the body doubles issue. Cause I was I a big resurrection, resurrection man fan. He did the cover for that. I'm pretty sure he did the dark side cover. And there was another one, um, Scarecrow, right? He what did that cover too. For, was, was it Gog or Magog? I think I have Gog one. was one. Yeah. And there was a flash related. Was the rogues one? Did the I rogues? Think there was a rogues one. Yeah. No, I, 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 I couldn't tell you the storyline, but I, I have all these issues somewhere. And I think it, I, it kind of blurs together because I don't know if it happened right after or right before, but this seems like, it seems like it's too close to Underworld Unleashed. It's it like even looks New Year's, like right? Yeah. So here's New Year's Evil. Here's the story. Yeah, we're giving one shots of all the bad guys, and then oh, by the way, here's this other event going on Underworld Unleashed, where Neuron's bringing all the all, all, all the dead villains back. And it's like, why are we? It's it, it seems like you kind of repeating storylines almost right away. But um, but yeah, so Arrow this season, it's it's great that this season already is starting to. Looks like it's going to give the season that had Deathstroke prominently featured a run for its money, which is fitting since if it wasn't for the Titans of George Perez, I don't know how many characters um, Arrow would be able to to pick. And we finally now also have uh, the current uh, or the JSA Mister Terrific in in his complete fair play jacket and and T mask uh, on his face he's he's finally shown up on the show too which i guess kind of may depending on your your feeling on the character may kind of just take the wind out of your sails after hearing about wild dog and ragman and vigilante but overall i think we're getting a um a pretty solid uh setup so far so yeah i'm i'm really really digging arrow i may be enjoying arrow more than this season of flash flash didn't bore me as fuck Stop. <laughs> well, because he, no, no because he went back. He went, yeah, he, he, he went and fucked with the timeline. So it's just, it's. They gotta be real careful could... with this. They, they gotta be real careful about this. Keep reinventing the reality yeah. every season because it's, it, uh, it, it's gonna wear thin. They, there can't be the conceit yeah. all the time. I mean, it's no. cool that they did it. It is a big part of the Flash lore. No problem with them doing it, but, but it's, it's like, it's starting to feel like moonlighting with the mat, like, like, th- th- there better not be another instance where he finally gets with Iris and then it's like, oh, no, it never happened. Like, it's, it's getting, yeah. it's time to move on from this idea. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Gonna, it's gonna get played. And, um, cool. Alchemy, I don't know, is Alchemy an actual character from the comics? Dr. Alchemy, I think. Yeah, it's Dr. Alchemy. Cause yeah. it's the wackest costume I've ever seen. It is, right? It, I don't know if it's like a gas <laughs> mask or some like, it looks like, Instant uh, like, 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 uh, like Black Spy from Spy vs. Spy. Like, uh, wearing a metal mask, like, over his big yeah. mouth. Are you my mommy? I'm like waiting for someone to show up, which just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's the strangest Do looking Do you assume it's the, it's the, um, I assume it's the CSI, right? It may be Malfoy. I don't know if it's that, if, if, if we're going. Oh, is that Draco and Malfoy? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. All grown up. Oh, um, up Balding. He, 
Yeah, well, it happens. It does. Hey, it, uh, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, it, it, that might be a little bit too on the nose. I don't know. Well, the show's right. a little bit on the nose. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not a good show, but they're not exactly full of the, the show. Yeah, I mean, they already telegraphed the whole, um, I, I, it, I, yeah, Wally's gonna go to Alchemy to get it. I think there's too many speedsters, speedsters too. I think there's a few too many speedsters. There's, no. well, have you ever read Flash? Well, yeah, dude, again, but that's, I think that's one of the critiques of Flash, though. Like the comic, I think that's when they get in trouble. Yeah, no, they're, because, well, it's, Jesse Quick isn't in every episode, now they're going back home. Wally doesn't have his powers on, on this current new but Earth, at least until he, oh yes, so, um, yeah, his we're probably going, now, it's now Jay Garrick, like the real Jay Garrick. Yeah, when he has to go to Earth 2, he'll go to, um, or that other Earth, back to the new Creek rival Earth. guy. You've had both Zooms. Yep, Zoom the alchemy killed rival. Yeah, but I'm saying, I mean, you had but, him. Yeah, no, it's still, yeah. Features at the yeah. laws. That's true. Like, yeah, it's like uh, a big thing happened. There are other powers to give people. The thing that saves the show, even though I'm a little annoyed by it this year, is the, is the acting. They're, they're all very charming actors. They really I are. I love Jesse, uh, you know, from, I mean, ever since Rent, I love that dude. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's good. This is a good cast. Iris is just adorable. She's so cute. Yeah. Like, She's she, like she, I get, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, All right, he's very, very, uh, he's a very charming actor. Yep. So now, now I'm trying to move this shit along. Now, <laughs> on David Price and two other guys, we're going to hear from one of the other guys. Oh my god, dude, you are Which hilarious! You? David <laughs> Price and two other guys. I, I love it when he talks. <laughs> Jason, what did you read? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell us what you read, my friend. Controversy. Uh, I read a bunch Son. of stuff. I did read a bunch they... of stuff, but I'm going to talk a little Marvel. Oh, what this? Um, I read the second volume of All New Wolverine, written by Tom Taylor, with pencils by first three issues by our 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 buddy and and longtime listener of the show, Mr. Marcio Takara. And then the next three issues uh, by someone I'm not sure listens to the show, but I do enjoy his work as well, Mr. Ig Guara, uh, for mm. for me best known for his run on Pet Avengers, which is a huge, huge hit in the uh, Wood Children household. Um, but uh, listen, you know I'm a Wolverine Mark, as you guys know. Um, I very much like uh, Laura as well, who is the new Wolverine, aka X23. Uh, I know it bothers the shit out of David. She's got foot claws, and I, I concede that that's a pretty silly thing. But if we can get past that, I do like her as a character a lot. Um, the first arc was awesome. Just as a recap for everybody, there was a situation uh, where uh, another nefarious organization was cloning Laura, who is, in fact, a clone of Wolverine. Um, and she ends up helping three of her sisters, quote-unquote, uh, escape, and two of them get killed, uh, but the youngest, uh, a little girl named Gabby, uh, does not, and she essentially takes Gabby to live with her in what they set up as a temporary thing, but it's kind of, you know, like a foster situation, like a little sister-foster situation. Um, so that we pick up there where they're living together. Uh, Logan, our, the, the Wolverine that we know of, there's a flashback scene where 
he, you know, leaves the mansion and says, you know, Laura, you, I can't be around you. I always have danger. You got to go kind of find your own way. So that's her now living in her own, this situation. Now the first issue, Squirrel Girl shows up and it's a Squirrel Girl crossover. And I was a little reticent because I'm like, oh boy, because Squirrel Girl seems like to be like the, the corny character du jour, right? Like it seems like she's everywhere and, and she's, everyone's, oh, it's so funny. Squirrel Girl. It's just a little corny to me. Um, the issue was a little corny, but I have to say at least it sets up an interesting paradigm, which by the end of it, um, Laura commits to like false making Maggie her like foster daughter or sister or whatever. So, which I like, I like that dynamic. Um, then we get to, uh, a situation where, um, shield, um, wants Laura's help. And part of the reason is that, uh, she's got an amazing sense of smell as you guys know. Um, and some, there's like a, it's like a container, an ancient container and when a shield team intercepts terrorists who have the container, when they open it up, they all disappear. And, and so shield's trying to figure out what happened. And it turns out that, uh, the container has liquid in it and liquid is not a weapon. It's actually a pheromone. And what do you think the pheromone is used to attract? Don't know. Fin Fang Foom. Oh, wow. It's the Fin Fang pheromone. Wait, wait, wait. So, is this taking place the same time as as that Drax storyline was taking place, or? Oh, I don't know. You have to do it. Okay. Yeah, I doubt it has anything. I know. I'm just trying to find out because I mean that's we don't see Fing Fan Fu for a while, but there he is, and Drax, and I mean, now they make no mention of it. It's 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 okay. They open up the thing. Fing Fang Fu shows up and destroys the helicarrier because they fucking opened up the thing. Um, it's a cool splash too. Yeah, old man Logan is missing. Uh, Laura comes to the conclusion that uh, it's because uh, Fin Fang Foom swallowed him, so she goes in to get him. And you know she has never uh, really interacted with old man Logan to, to this point, but old man Logan loves her, raised her in in his timeline, like so views her as his daughter. Um, and uh, that's like a little two a little two issue arc there about Fin Fang Foom, and again, it's fairly lighthearted, I would say. Um, and then the book just takes this big, big turn. And let me preface this by saying for the first time in my lifetime, I did not read nor could tell you anything about a Marvel event. I until this, this, this last three issues of this trade, I had no idea what civil war two is about other than it was heroes versus heroes. I'm now gathering that there is some, superpower young man that they call Ulysses. I don't know where he got his powers. I don't know why he's being used this way, but he can see the future. And I'm guessing from the narrative of this arc that he must be a central part of civil war too, because it looks like shield and Carol Danvers are using him to preemptively stop crimes from happening. And as you might imagine, some people take real issue with that. Because it suggests that we don't have con- control over our own destinies, right? And that you can't, there aren't multiple futures. Um, but in whatever event, that's, the, that's how this ties into Civil War II. He sees a vision of old man Logan killing Gabby and lots of other people. And so that's what happens. Cap and Shield intervene. They, uh, they're trying to 
get Logan to come with them because they're worried he's going to kill Gabby. As it turns out, Gabby in his old man Logan future grows up to be a very, very evil homicidal woman because she has, she's a, a an X-23 clone, but she's been raised in captivity, kept in captivity. And um, again, in his timeline, he ends up, she ends up being a major villainess and killing Laura. So, um, but the thing is, Ulysses' vision is of Logan killing her, but she's a clone of Wolverine. So his vision is of Wolverine gutting her, but she's a fucking healer. She's Wolverine. So yes, he guts her, but I mean, fucking heals. So it's like the vision was wrong, right? (laughs) So, so, but we're kind of left with the scenario where you've got old man Logan, Laura, and Gabby, three in some way t- tweaks on on the original Wolverine, um, and three generations with a, a little bit of a paternal uh, and maternal lineage all together living in an apartment in Brooklyn, doing their thing, which I like. I like the conceit. They've really done a nice job. Taylor's done a very nice job of making Laura a, a well-rounded character that you actually view as as an interesting person, not just a killing machine, which is. I think she was portrayed for a long time post NYX in her debut. Um, so yeah, man, it's real cool. Uh, I, I think it's, it's an odd, it's an odd trade because you've got three stories. You've got a one shot, a two shot, and then the civil war tie in. And I think that the, the, um, the tenor of each is very different. You've got a straight out humor issue with squirrel girl. You've got a relatively lighthearted, um, classic Marvel monsters, thing action packed in the in the fin fang boom and then you've got the civil war tie-in which is supposed to have a lot of gravitas to it but because it's a whack-ass event that nobody cares about i don't think it really does um now what's coming next is enemy of the state which i think is one of the best wolverine stories of all time so now if they're going to try and recapture that magic it could go either way but I'm going in excited because I think Taylor is is an is an excellent writer. So the um, now is it because I've seen the the, the trade dress of, of the single issue covers. Is it is it supposed to be Enemy of the State two? Because because I see her two claws at the end of State, and I'm trying to figure out if that's not it wouldn't be a sequel for her. But there's already been a Wolverine Enemy of the State, so I'm just trying to find out if it's. Well, I don't just for my own. I, I I mean, at the end of this trade, it says next all new Wolverine colon enemy of the state. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they're calling it, but that doesn't mean they don't call it enemy of the state two as well, right? I have no idea. But uh, uh, it does look like two to me, right? With the two claws. Yeah. Why would they put those there? Right. They dis they disappear at the end of the bar. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But I love Laura, man. Foot claw or not? I like her too. Yeah, she she's grown on me, especially yeah, with, really... with this with this issue. I mean, with this with this series because this was really my first. I never really read her in in, in the old X twenty three book or or the the pre Runaways or whatever the hell that NYX. I didn't read any of that. Didn't read really. Didn't really read about her in in Young or New X Men or New Mutants. And now this is really the first time I'm familiar with her. So yeah, the when the series first started. I'm sorry? You read it. Oh, and actually, yeah. 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 You really didn't like her back in the bullpen days. 
No, no that was a ridiculous idea. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like her all that much. Mm-hmm. She cute. She mad cute, yeah. 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 I have Marvel too. Get out of town with your bad self. For real. I got some Marvel. Get out I of here. Leave it. Well, it's not a stretch. Um, it is that time of the season, right? Halloween time. Where the goat, right, where the ghosts and the ghoulies come, come out. Yeah. And, uh, so, I, I gotta be real. I gotta bring some horror to the, to the show. And I read one of my favorite Marvel masterworks. Um, Atlas Era Menace. Do you know who's involved in this title? Stan, it's, they claim that Stan wrote most of the stories. Okay. But aside from that, you get Bill Everett, Russ Heath, Gene Colan, John Romita, Joe Sinnott, George Tusca. And this is not the Bronze Age George Tusca where he was a little bit looser than I would have liked. This is prime time George Tusca. I mean, a lot of his work in this volume looks like Alex Toth. It has a real strong Toth vibe to it. Very, very beautiful uh, figure drawing from George Tusca. Who else? Werner Roth is in here and Joe Manili. Now, I'm not going to talk about the entire Masterworks because – did I say Masterpieces before? I must have been thinking about the cards. Um, Marvel Masterworks. Uh, and this is a done-in-one volume. Uh, Menace didn't last all that long. I think it lasted 11 issues. From uh, The first issue was published in March of 1953, and it ended in May of 1954. So not a long-running series. But that does not speak to the quality of these stories. These are great pre-code horror stories. I really want to talk about issue five. Because the uh, the title, uh, the cover story is called Zombie. But um, unfortunately, the man who drew the cover to five was, I don't know. and uh, But the, the man who drew the story that uh, accompanied the cover was none other than Bill Everett. It is a great, great story. It's just called Zombie, right? When it opens, you got a zombie standing in the middle of the swamp. His hair's close cropped, shirt ripped open, white skin. You can see his ribs. Um, doesn't know why he's there. Doesn't know how long he stood there, but he's summoned by this fat, obnoxious, drunken slob who lives in this little cottage out in the swamp, ramshackle cottage. And, uh, the, the guy says, I have no money. Go to the city, get me money. So, so. Annie, 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 go get me money. Yeah, so 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 the zombie trudges into the city to get this guy money, and when he does, he encounters a costume party. It's Mardi Gras, <laughs> and there's all sorts of characters there. there. So he doesn't look out of sorts, a zombie walking through Mardi Gras, and, and in fact. One guy dressed as a clown says, wow, look at that costume. How do you do that? That costume is great. You're going to win first prize. And um, so the the zombie sees this dapper dandy walking down an alley. So he tries to get his money, but a policeman stops him. So the zombie goes back to the, to the cottage without any money. And the fat, obnoxious slob starts whipping him, cracking a whip, just smacking this thing with a whip. And he's 
he cuts his face, but the zombie doesn't feel anything. Oh, you know, feel this. I'll get my voodoo doll and try to stab it. Go, and I, I want this girl, this woman. She's beautiful. I want you to go get her for me. And the zombie goes to this to this cottage to get this woman, but when he busts in, the woman's on the bed. And now take note of this. The woman is a brunette. And he, he busts in, sees the brunette. He can't. He can't get her. He, he he can't touch this girl. Why can't he touch her? He goes back to the to the old man, and he strangles the shit out of him for telling him to go get that girl. He just kills the guy now for a zombie to get one up on his master, especially when they got the voodoo involved. That's tough. You you can't break the spell. The zombie has never been able to break the spell, right? Um, at least not in the stories that we're accustomed to. But he does. Goes back to the swamp. And his grave. And he gets in it and starts covering himself with dirt. Why couldn't he get the girl? What would you think? Why wouldn't he be able to to do anything to this young girl? Mm. Because it was his daughter. Uh. Right? That's the O. Henry ending. It was his daughter. But this story is not only important for the the, uh, pre-code horror days... This story appeared again in the Bronze Age. Now, if you read Tales of the Zombie, number one, which was published at the the, the, the initial explosion of the, the Marvel Magazine era, they reprinted this story in black and white. But, and this is the cool thing, it was altered. Now, if you remember, Steve Gerber did the original Tales of the Zombie magazine. And they used this story to fit into the longer piece that was written and drawn, especially for the magazine. They must have had pages to fill or, or whatever. I don't know the the, init- the, the case, but, but they, Marvel's way was at the time, if you remember, there were reprints galore in the Bronze Age. They were reprinting everything from the pre-code days. Um, the Kirby monster stuff, the, this pre-code horror stuff. And they took this story and actually went in. This is going to drive David nuts. They went in and physically altered the zombie to be Simon Garth. They, uh-huh. they, they drew long hair on him. They went in and, and noodled a little bit more. They actually changed dialogue and captions. In they they reworked the entire so it's, original right, right. story. So it's it's a true retcon. It, it's not they didn't they didn't do a Neil Adams or a Brian Boland where it's like, listen, I think I can make this look better, even though it serves no purpose for the story. Oh, Here no. they're actually showing you this is Marvel Zombie. Right, and yeah. and so they I say like, like Simon. Simon Garth, this this issue of Menace number five is sometimes called the first appearance of Simon Garth, but it's not Simon Garth in this story. It's only Simon Garth when you go to Tales of the Zombie number one, um, and it's it's really amazing because they changed the policeman when he's blowing the whistle. Like initially, he looked like a Bobby. He had like a rounded type hat on, and they made him a a, a New York City beat cop. In the second, in the, in the republished story, um, the, the fat, obnoxious pig that controls the zombie, if you read the Gerber story, he had a gardener 
who was infatuated with Simon Garth's daughter. In the retcon, the gardener is the man that's controlling through the medallion, controlling Simon Garth. It's nuts, isn't it? And then when he goes into the room to get the daughter, Simon Garth's daughter in Tales of the Zombie Number 1 is a blonde. So they they had to go in and make the the woman's hair, not brunette, but they made her a blonde. It's the lengths they went to to connect these two things. They could have just had someone else, you know, kick out a, a, a fast four or, or six page story. But I don't know whose decision it was to use this, but it's kind of cool, right? Right. That they just they they had this story laying around. Hey, we can make this work. Throw some long hair. And at the time when I read Tales of the Zombie, I had no idea right. that that this was an old story. What was I? Twelve, ten? I don't even remember how old I was when that came out. Seventy four, I think. Well, what year so was I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was around ten when this when the Tales of the Zombie number one was published. But um and it looks great in black and white. I think it looks better. But all of that said, Bill Everett is an amazing, amazing craftsman. Very I never give, I never give him enough due. Um, no, I think he, we collectively haven't. No, he is superb. Creator of the uh, Submariner, right? And, um, well, at least the look of the Submariner. Um, this story is just great. And it, this, it, and it's not even the best story in this volume. Really? Oh man, there is some creepy ass shit going on here. I put the the cover to issue number one on my Facebook feed, and I'm going to reproduce it on the on the um, eleven o'clock Facebook feed. There's uh, the cover was done by Bill Everett. I think he did the first five. There's a it's called One Head Too Many, mm-hmm. and there's this couple in the graveyard, and there's two headed zombies emerging from the 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 ground and it's like when you think about it it's totally ridiculous right why would there be a graveyard full of two-headed zombies i I don't get it but it's amazingly creepy and the amount of detail that everett put into these faces i think it it's kind of regarded as one of the best pre-coat horror covers ever and when you see it you'll be like okay i can i can believe that it is disturbing but the story leads off the issue and there's a there's a aliens come to earth and the flying saucer that they they ride has two domes on top of the flying saucer and it's dripping with muck like it's not your standard flying saucer sleek and shiny and 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 chromed out it looks like it it was at the bottom of a swamp for like a decade and just just now rose out of this like there's shit dripping off this saucer it's the weirdest thing and when the aliens look through the portholes it looks like a giant creature with the, like the aliens eyes look like the eyes of a of a giant creature when you see it it's really disturbing and there's an o henry ending the the zombies are green and they come down they take this earth man uh supposedly they they kidnap this earth man uh, for nefarious deeds, and at the end, the Earthman turns out to not be an Earthman, but a Martian, and or sorry, a Moonman, and he alerts um, his his brethren on the Moon that hey, it's time to take over this planet. But even the alien that he designs at the end is just impeccable. But Bill Everett, man, what a monster, monster talent! I'm going to start bringing him up more and more because he was just incredible. So some Marvel for your ass. Yeah, for your ace. 
It's about damn time, right? Right? Wow. Yeah. I love weird bits of history like that, like finding stories that are linked linked over decades. Oh, show. What else else do we have? I know David and I read something. Did you? We did. Did I read it? I doubt it. Oh, is it more DC? Yes, it is. Can we talk about it? Just like get, throw us a bone here because I think by far, and David may probably won't agree. Let with me ask you: We gonna get a page by page recap? Uh, no, we didn't get no page by page recap of the menace. But I will say, I will say that out of all the super titles, anybody wearing the shield, I think Superwoman is the best book. And it's not even close. No, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's close up until the second issue. If I had stopped at the second issue, I would have been really hard pressed to argue at that point. But the third issue, well, not that, no, the third, well, the third issue is, third issue, the art is, is solid. It's just, it, it's not Jimenez. Uh, it's, um, Yeah, it's, it's by Jason Scal. Um, and it's, it's continuing the story, which is, which is cool and all, you know, and the whole thing about the the new Superwoman and, and any, any issues she's got to deal with. And I like Steel. So, you know, it's, it's a good issue. But when I compare it to Superman proper by Tomasi and, and Gleason, and Maki, it's very hard for me to say that Superwoman is the better of the two, especially with issue number eight. Um, well, come on. Eight, eight kind of tugs in a whole different, I mean, if, if, right. you, if you, for people who have not read Superman New 52 or, or, or Rebirth, but you read and enjoyed the new frontier, please read Superman number eight. <laughs> yeah, you really have to. I'm begging you. Yeah. If that's uh, the it, only the Superman issue, issue you read, please read it. It's the issues dedicated to Darwin Cook, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's not the only connection to new frontier. There is a reason, but it's so, yeah, I, I think it's, and you know, following issue seven with the whole night at, at, at the carnival, there were Superman has been just, Consistently, uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. Superwoman, oh, I think Jimenez is, 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 he, he's onto something and, um, I'm curious to see where he's taking these characters. But the third issue, especially with whatever the hell attitude Superwoman is, is, has got working for, I'm not. She's not drugs. She's, no, she kind of isn't. I don't think she's taking them. She's taking them. I don't think she's taking them. We would have seen her swallow. We would have seen her swallow the pill if she's taken them. She she did not. Well, okay, put it this way. Either she's on drugs and they're not working right, or she needs the drugs and is not taking them. That's Because she's messed up. Yes. And I can only take that for so long. But especially when you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be helping people. You're supposed to be better than... The people that you're, you, you have this, 
this aura about you. You know, people look up to you. You're a hero. And, and, and you're, if you're going to put yourself and others in danger, then you can't, you can't half ass it. And, and it's very, it, it's, it's very easy for me to just be like, uh, you're really not that much of a hero then and shrug you off and go read something else. But it's, it's, I, I can get the whole, I'm, I'm, I'm with the whole conflict and the drama and I want, you know, John Henry to straighten out his woman. So I, I get all of, you know, I'm, I want to see where Phil's taking everything. Right. I was just going to say, don't judge it until the end of the first arc because he, this may be, this may be a complete package where you have to read the entire six or whatever issues right. yeah. to, to get the passage of Lana from guilt ridden over Lois's death and the, the, the role model that she unwittingly was to, to Lana to the point where she's got all her ducks in a row. She's self-sufficient because she's not now. She's right. making stupid mistakes and, right. and, and calling people just because they're in, incarcerated like subhuman. Yeah. You know, and I gotta, and, and, and I gotta see what's going on with the Luthers. So, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with it, but I think the bank for my buck right now would, would be Superman for me. Yeah. With that last issue that kind of tips the scales a little tiny bit, little. but yeah, uh, it's definitely better than action. Superman yeah, is definitely better than action. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, I really enjoy new Superman, but not nearly as much as a superwoman it's because of the content. It's each issue's loaded. And that was Jason's critique of the first one that it just seemed like there was it's too weird. much dialogue, too much going on. That to me, that's candy. When, when, sure. when you can take me somewhere that takes other guys two or three issues to do. I love that. And I also love the fact that it started off Superwoman Red, Superwoman Blue, and we all thought the focus of the of the series was going to be New 52 Lois Lane when in fact she dies. And the focus is 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 Lana, which is awesome because it was surprising. I never expected it. Spoiler. And when you can right, when you can <laughs> surprise me at this point in the game, then I'm I'm along, I'm with you. You got me. Right. Yeah. And Lex ha- and and Lena Luther has a, a mother box. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, all good. Lex, yeah, cuz Lex had a mother box, but um so that was one one DC book. Mm-hmm. You read the other one I asked I did. you to read. I did. Only because I wanted you now, to Did Jason it. Do I wanted to know if Jason read it? I don't think he no. read it. Did you read Batman? No. Did you read a Batman number nine? My boy. Okay. So then we won't. No, we won't. But it's no. I'm, I'm just many issues behind, so I didn't have time to catch up. But it's it again start of a new 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 arc because you they had the the crossover and now this is this is all new. So you can't jump in with this. I mean, it's only it's only been eight issues, but you can jump on with just this. But there is there's one page in particular that I needed. I needed Vince to read, but I would have liked to have had you see. And, uh. Yeah, but does he, I don't, does he care as much as he, as we do? Well, only because when we did the whole rebirth issue. As I'm right here. Uh, right. I know. When that guy, when he did that rebirth issue with us, he, uh, we, we talked about, uh, the interrogation scene and, and. Right. So, um. Don't you think it's a little nuts on DC's part? <laughs> 
to put that in a Batman book. But now, location notwithstanding, we're we're in Arkham Asylum in in Batman number nine, Jason, and somebody's there. As Batman's going through Arkham, he's assembling a team. Blah blah blah. Uh, as he's going through Arkham, the inmates are either you know taunting him or shouting out from their 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 cells, mm-hmm. and you see Tweedly Dee and Tweedly Dum. Blah blah blah, and it gets past one window that's all fogged up, and there's a woman who draws a symbol on the window. And I'm like, if you were a fan of this property, mm-hmm. you would and did not particularly care for Batman or had, you know, you know, you weren't reading Batman, you'd never know. But that's that then that's that's the that's fun, not, though. that's when you're like, no, that that's when you're like, hey, you really need to, that that's the whole Mr. Dark shit and and Shadow Man. It's like, dude, where where was his first appearance? When when did you last see then and you got to run out to the comic shop? I'm all for shared universe like that. The, the, the commingling of the properties is great, but I'm saying there are people really, really hungry for this. Yes, absolutely. And, and when they say, where did this appear? Oh, Batman. Like, you would think maybe Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that might be a little like, too long, but that's, or Superman, Superboy, but you have, but if, if they show up in Batman, then maybe after Arkham, they show up in Wonder Woman. You know, it's like they, you just you don't yeah. know. So that's you the whole for all the books with it, right? Yeah, or or a lot of the books. Can, can we just, Jason? Do you really care if, oh, if we? All right, spoilers <laughs> for Batman number nine. The the woman where who, who we're assuming is uh, Saturn Girl, right? Imra Ardine has been incarcerated in Arkham Asylum. And she draws the Legion symbol on the glass. Yeah, she reads on the glass. Well, that's and cool. The, and and, and Batman really cool. just keeps walking. So oh, like, it, yeah, like people you, think she's crazy because she says she's from the future and all that. What? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if if you if you flip through the pages real quick and you don't see those three panels, then you just but if because it's you have to but but Tom is a smart motherfucker because what mm-hmm. happens is the um. While they're walking through, while they're walking through, uh, Arkham and Batman is talking, it's, it's Batman, it's Gordon and it's, it's Arkham and they're walking through his asylum and, and picking up, you know, whoever Batman wants on the team. And he gets to Julie and he says, we found Punch. And she's like, okay, where is he? And it turns out that Punch was masquerading as Gordon and the his tell the reason how the way batman figured it out is because gordon is right-handed and he lit his pipe with his left hand so if you want to see where batman figured it out you go back a couple pages you see gordon light the pipe with his left hand it's the same page and those same panels where saturn girl is drawing on the window so it's all it it but I was just, I loved it. I, I loved the whole, the way the whole thing was was laid out, and it's um, and the artist by uh, Mikhail Janine, and it's it, it's style. His style is a little different than what he was doing in Nightwing. I don't, I don't. It's not rushed or that deadline style, but it's just it's it's not as tight. 
So, which is fine mm-hmm. because I don't know what the, what the story's going to call for. So it could be fitting, but, um, I thought the, and they're, they're playing with the, um, and Batman's basically going to have to go and take on, uh, Psycho Pirate and Bane. And, and that's, so pretty yeah. much his whole well, team is expendable. Yeah. Well, there's a reason. Um, Gotham Girls all messed up from, right. um, the initial arc. With, with Gotham, what happens there, and then the Monster Man arc. So she's been having these nightmares, and, and the person that could help her out with that is obviously Psycho Pirate, mm-hmm. but Bane has him. Batman wants him. So, did you guys, you, you both, um, touch base on Saga. You, can you get me up to speed on that? Did you guys finish? I'm not a completely current. I think Jason can. More so than. It's, I mean, I don't know if tonight's the night for that. I mean, it's okay. It's it's a lengthy. We're talking almost forty issues here, player. Oh boy! Oh, wait, well, when did that you, much? Yeah, when did you stop, Vince? You stopped 20, after they found the author, right? Yeah, so yeah, you're halfway. Yeah, like twenty six, I think. Twenty five. Uh, yeah, like you got like a year, a year and a half worth. Yeah. Not, not yeah, I I stopped not long after the the um, showgirl drug. Arc. Yeah, yeah. I think that's when we all kind of took a pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, give me more stuff, Jason. Well, I mentioned this, uh, in our New York Comic Con recap because I brought it along because I had ordered it and got it signed, but it's, uh, it's, uh, Black Hand Comics Volume 2 by Mr. West Frey. Uh, it's a very, very big departure from, uh, the first volume. The first volume was, um, uh, like, a panoramic view and it was a hardcover. This is a square bound soft cover. Um, but for those that don't know, Black Hand Comics is Wes's creator owned, uh, stuff that he does on the side when he's not doing, um, Deadly Class. Um, much like the first issue, uh, volume, this is a, uh, an anthology of some short stories that, uh, are really not connected. They're, they're connected only in the way to Vince's Joy, they're connected in the same way that a lot of the old horror anthologies were connected with the narrator. Nice. Um, so, in this case, you've got uh, it's it's a bartender who's the narrator, and he's uh, he's waving these tales, and it's three stories. Uh, first story is about a uh, an old drunken man who's a, a hockey fan and perhaps an old hockey player, and he's uh, trying to find his way home to his his wife. Um, or so we think, but it's not exactly as we thought. Um, the, the, my favorite of the three, um, was a story about an orgy on the planet Mars. Oh. Which is really awesome. Basically, uh, humanity has, has, has fielded a, a manned mission to Mars. And when they, as they're landing, the, the story's being narrated by the captain. And he's talking about how the conditions on Mars will eventually be uh, such that it'll be able to support human life um, as a society. But for now, uh, because of the harsh conditions and the work ahead, it has to be an autocratic thing. So he's like God there. And he's all very proud of himself and how he's prepared his whole life to to to, to run a world uh, in his own image. And meanwhile, um, and he's, he talks about how he's, he, he left his wife and he married a new woman who, you know, it's like, so he basically like traded their old wife in for a super hottie and stuff. And as he's like super being megalomaniacal about how proud he is and how he's going to just, just run shit. Like as he's like walking to the fucking, uh, 
place where all the other passengers were, uh, he walks in and they're all having a massive orgy without him, including his wife. <laughs> and he just fucking loses his mind. Which I thought was just hilarious. That was really funny. Um, all while the earth is watching like the landing and stuff. It's like live. Um, and then the last one, the s- shortest of the three is a tale of, um, a blues musician who wants nothing more than to just play his guitar at the top of his favorite hill. And, uh, will let nothing stop him, not even demon hordes and the end of days. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, look, uh, as you guys know, huge fan of Wes's art, uh, and this is also written by him. It's a really nice departure. Um, it's a it's a labor of love. You can get it from his website at Wes Craig Comics, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And if I'm not mistaken, Black Hand Volume 1 is actually offered widely now because I think they they got it was printed by he printed it at first and I think they did a bigger run through image so I'm pretty yeah. sure you can get it if you want and I highly recommend that too but it was nice to see him back doing his thing it's a quick read it's uh I, I don't even know how many pages let's see it's like uh but it's it's I, I'm guessing it's like 40 pages tops like I don't they're not there's no page numbers but yeah it's probably like 35 40 pages so it's it's not a not a long book by any stretch but highly satisfying Cool. So. I have the first one. I have yet to, to oh, get the to second thing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you have to read it still. Yeah, man. No. It's, uh, it's good times. Wes is a beast. He definitely is. Master of Blacks, I think. Mm-hmm. I like the way he lays them mm-hmm. in. Smart. Sir. Yes. Yep. What else do we have? Y'all didn't just read two fucking DC comics this week, did you? You said you read all the comics. We started this episode by you saying you read all the comics. I read all the comics. It just happens that all of the comics were from DC. (laughs) Did you read any of the Image comics? Any of the? Did you read Seven to Eternity number two? It's out. Yeah, it came out this week. No, I didn't. Oh my god, so pretty. Oh, I won't talk. I did so pretty. Wow, does it? Does it significantly advance the uh, the storyline? Oh, yeah. oh, nice. Oh yeah. So he's not he's not playing it close to the vest. He's just going all. Oh up. yeah. Sir. Nice. We uh we get to see all the heroes. What? And the villains. No way. Yep. Battle and news. Shit. Mm-hmm. So good. That flavor is so much that I savor. Yeah, you, know, you you got to step up on the DC, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> pretty cool, though. There are other publishers, you know. I know. Just just reminding you. Got a ton of Valiant here. I'm sure. I was going to say. I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be a week without you talking about Valiant, would it? Nah, nah, we won't get. It. I'll get too deep. Too deep. And I don't know if if David has read them either. So I'll save the Valiant for next week. Wow. Yeah, I got in a real nice horror for my In Your Travels. Do you now? I do. Well, that's dope. Yeah. So what you should do if you want any of these comics and you don't want to pay a whole lot of money for them is to go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you won't pay 
the cover price, you'll pay far below that, such as 50% off. <laughs> Not bad, right? Not bad. Remember, from Fanagraphics, 50% off the uh, Life and Legend of Wallace Wood hardcover, which will cost you $19.99, a big doings for Fanagraphics. PSR books, pre-code classics, Space Busters and Space Patrol will cost you $35.99. That's 40% off the, har- the uh, cover price. And you gots to get this. Richard Corbin, Horror, Dark Horse, Miniseries, Shadows on the Grave, number one, $1.99. In your travels. Again, Halloween is upon us, so I wanted to be nice and thick with the horror this week. I read from American Gothic Press. This is the very first thing I've ever read from, from them. Okay. And it was because of the author. Now, um, contemporary horror, when I think that, uh, one of the names that is uh, soon to spill out of my mouth is Steve Niles. Steve does a lot of horror, yes. He does. This is, this is by Steve Niles and Nat Jones. It's called Broken Moon. Okay. I read volume one. It looks to be a four-issue miniseries, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And um the uh one of the cool things uh in addition to the story is that the variant covers were done by none other than San Julian. Huh. You got to know who San Julian is, yes. San Julian was one of the men in the heyday of Warren that did covers for Vampirella, lots of Vampirella covers. Creepy and eerie, and this guy's just impeccable. After Basil Gogos, San Julian was the next highest guy on the uh, the uh, quality ladder at Warren, in my opinion, for covers. Mm-hmm. Um, this story's pretty damn cool. Like I had no idea when this was originally published. I blanked on it. I don't know why, but it speaks to me in in those special ways, and you'll you'll know why. The, the earth is in the shambles. Um, we've pretty much depleted the resources of the planet. It's, it's, it's not good. You know, toxic shit all over the place. And, uh, so where does man go when he's, uh, wrecked his home? He goes to his nearest neighbor, the moon. And, uh, the United States is first to colonize the moon. Uh, followed by, I believe, um, a- as you would expect, Russia, China, and India. And um, things are good for a little while. We're, we're, we're stripping the moon of, of resources and, and water and having a good old time. But as um, superpowers are wont to do, violence ensues over territory and the like, and uh, war erupts on the moon, atomic war. And... The moon is is fragmented. Giant chunks of the moon are blown away. Not only does it cause you know massive uh, upheaval on Earth because of the tides and everything, but um, the remnants of the moon plummet to the Earth and uh, beset the the planet in darkness because of the dust and the crap that's thrown up into the sky. So what? Type of creature breeds very well in darkness. Uh, that would be vampires. Indeed. 
where once monsters had to limit their activities to the shadows, now the planets uh, in darkness, some of it uh, not man-made but creature-made, um, the vampires are erecting these these factories that do nothing more than just belch crap and toxins and garbage into the sky because they want the planet to be covered in perpetual darkness. They're vampires. That's what they need, right? They take humans in these blood farms and they just bleed them. Babies, women, they breed babies to just be blood bags for the vampires. Um, there are also werewolves running around. And the werewolves uh, don't prey on humans because uh, the leader of the, this one tribe of werewolves, his name is Rancer or something like that, he, he says, you know, van, uh, werewolves don't need humans to survive. We're not vampires. We don't need blood. We don't kill to survive. We can eat other kinds of meat. So there's like a hands-off policy on humans. Long story short, two humans um, form an alliance with the werewolves, and they want to siege the vampire city, but they don't have enough troops. So where do they go? They go to Dr. Frankenstein's land, and he is churning out creatures. He's just experimenting like crazy. Uh, aside from Adam, the original, there are a number of Frankenstein spawned uh, Prometheuses in this book. Giant army of of uh, Frankenstein monsters and reluctantly they they join with the the werewolves and uh storm the vampire city. It's pretty fun stuff. Sounds it. Yeah. And it's it's right up my alley because uh, thematically th- there's that, but visually it's pretty stunning. Think Ben Temple Smith, but elegantly drawn, like a mixture of Temple Smith Riley Rosmo and maybe a little bit of Tony Moore. Mm. And that's what you, it's a very dark book though. Extremely dark. Um, it's a li- for, for these old eyes, parts of it are a little bit difficult to discern. Like I had to get the old reading lamp out. That's how dark this book is, but it's not a detriment. It should be dark. Um, I, I, this is a winner in my book. It was, uh, $14.95 cover price and it looks to be, uh, like there may be a sequel to this because there's the, the little, uh, in classic horror fashion, the end is followed by a question mark at the end of this thing. So it's pretty cool. Dun, dun, dun. Loved it. Loved it a lot. Oh, in your travels, um, this is for Raph. This is the first issue of Star Trek Boldly Go. Woo! Uh, months after the events of Star Trek Beyond, this new series takes off. Uh, written by Mike Johnson, art by Tony Shastain, so your creative team that was doing the previous five-year mission series. Um, things are... Uh, some of uh, the crew we know and love uh they've decided to spend time away from starfleet some have taken on new missions new challenges new opportunities uh kirk is the captain of the endeavor right now and bones kind of took a um 
not at the motion. He, he's accepted a, a temporarily, uh, he's accepted a, a lower rank so he can serve on the same ship as Kirk. Um, there's already a chief medical officer on the endeavor. So Bones is now kind of working for someone else. Uh, or someone else is in charge. Spock and Yahura are visiting New Vulcan. Um, Sulu is on the, uh, is on the Concord. He's the first officer on that ship. And, um, the, uh, the Endeavor also seems to have, uh, Chekhov on the ship. So everybody is kind of in place. Um, the Endeavor, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Concord is attacked. There is debris floating in space. The Concord shows, the Endeavor shows up. Uh, there are some survivors amidst the wreckage. They're beamed onto the Endeavor. And while, um, while Kirk's crew is taking care of the rest of Sulu's party, uh, there was a, um, there was a message that the the Endeavor intercepted. It was a subspace signal. So the crew couldn't really understand what language it was. So Kirk had it sent to New Vulcan. So Uhura could uh, translate it. She does. And what happens is at the same time she's translating it, Sulu is being tended to by McCoy. And before McCoy can sedate him, he says, no, 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 there's, Sulu's aggravated and agitated. And he's like, there's no time. We have to act now. And before, um, before Sulu is unconscious, he says the same thing as Yahura says to, at the same time Yahura is saying it to Spock, Sulu is saying it to McCoy and Kirk and she translated, it, it's a phrase that keeps repeating, and as she translated, and Sulu says it at the same time, they both say, resistance is futile. So the Borg are now part of the Kelvinverse. So it was a hell of a last page. It was... Um, That's nuts. Yeah. So, uh yeah, they, they got me hooked for the next issue. I, 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 I don't... Again, it's a completely different thing, so I'm not worried about an accelerated timeline, and we're not even anywhere near anything that's related to the next generation as far as Starfleet. So, you know, it, it, um, why should everything follow the same, uh, timeline or, or, or years that, uh, we're used to? We can, it, it, it's full of opportunities. We can mix it up, and, uh, I am, uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting that of everything else. So it, it should be, we're, we're, should be it for, uh, something quite interesting. So yeah, so, so the new Star Trek series, I, um, I, I still, I, it's, it's weird. I don't know, aside from this one page where, uh, where Chekhov is, is talking with, um, McCoy and Kirk, I, um, I was, I wasn't expecting really to see him in it at all. So I don't know 
what the, and there's there's nothing stopping him from continuing to tell stories with Chekhov in the comics. So I don't I don't know where we're going with it. So that that's my only. Um, it's not a peeve. It's not an, it's an observation. If anything, I was I was surprised to see Chekhov in it, but I don't know why I would be surprised. So yeah. So no, I would uh, if you weren't reading the earlier IDW Star Trek books, you saw the movie. You saw Beyond, you enjoyed it, then, uh, you can definitely, I think, enjoy it. It's got the same, same tone, same flavor of the movie for this new series, so check it out. Yeah, I guess, I guess we'll see the new movie. I, uh, I heard mixed things from it, including from you, but I'm gonna, still curious about it. Well, I think it will be. Yeah, I mean, mixed in, you know, you, some people hated it. Some people, yeah, no, definitely. It, it's it's if they hated, I can understand if they anybody who hated the second movie, I don't see why they would hate the third. Okay, that's cool. Um, in your travels, keep uh, you know, we had Mister Lemire on a few weeks back, and um, we talked a little Descender, uh, but. Uh, I'm now up through issue 16 of the book, and it continues to be phenomenal. Uh, Dustin the Wind is on some next level shit, uh, and and you know it's it's uh it's pretty much like watercolors. It's in pencils. It's not no inks really. Um, and I that that can be off putting to me a lot of times, but but he's he's making it work. Um, the the last few issues have been a little bit of a get-to-know-you backstory for some of these characters. Uh, Andy, who is Tim's brother from back in the day, who is now a scrapper, has been trying to solicit the help of Queen Between, who is a cyborg. She's the head of a group of cyborgs that live out on the fringes for obvious reasons. And uh, it turns out that Queen Between is Andy's ex-wife. And so we get the backstory there of, of uh, them growing up together and being together and her evolution from a very cute little girl named Effie into uh, this cyborg badass uh, military queen. Um, and we don't really, so for a couple of issues, we don't really see Tim and uh, and his whole crew, Queen Telsa, I mean, not Agent Telsa and all that. So um, I, I love how we zoom in on different characters and spend some time with them and then zoom out and go and focus on another set of characters. So I, I, I like the, the long buildup that we're getting here. Um, so two huge thumbs up for Descender continues to be one of my favorite books and y'all need to get up to date with the quickness. If you're not already. Hmm. Yep. I got a plan for next week. Okay. Uh-oh. You are going to dictate what I read next week. What? Yep. To the letter. Because I, I admit it, I, I'm neck deep in the DC, and I'm not considering anything else, and that's not good. Well, it's fine. Well, it's, it's good. Some of the books on the stand, so right. But it's good from a standpoint that yeah, I'm really enjoying all this stuff. But it, it tends right, but it tends to be a little um, predictable for this form, right? So I want you to tell me exactly what to read next. All week. right. Respect. Yeah. We'll collabo. Okay. Oh, you want me to do it right now? No. Yeah, no, no, no. Chat, think right? about it. Think about it. Think. Up. Yeah, think about it. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. 
and I, I would that. like to get in with us too. Yeah, of course. And I would like to get um, up to speed on Amazing Spider-Man too. Oh, really? I thought you guys were like all off that. Well, I didn't read twenty. Yeah, and I didn't read Prowler number one that came out and, this week. Right, and there's some stuff in between that I didn't read. Like I jumped ahead to to see what was what was going down with this new storyline. Okay. So I, 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 you know, if we're going to uh, tinkle on Mister Slot, I want to make it, you know, justified, gotcha. right? So. Okay. Yeah. All right then. All right, everybody. Yes, collaboration. Thank you for being here with us yet again. If you enjoyed any of this, please do us a solid and leave us an iTunes review because they matter and stuff. Join us on our Facebook page and on the Twitters. We're, we're well, David and Jason are there a lot. I don't use Twitter all that much, but find us on the Twitters. Um, and no, I, I replied to someone yesterday. You did? And I, I did. And we will be having some surprises in store for you very soon, right? As far as the internets go? Don't we have yes. surprises? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. God willing. God willing. Preach <laughs> all right. Yep. So join us on all those things. Uh, com. That's the forum. It's still there. We have fun with that. Oh, and, and please, uh, please, 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 please go out and vote. You really have to. Vote, like Frank Zappa said, vote, vote like a beast. You really do. We don't want people to think sort of things are already decided. And then no, 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 you need no, to no, vote. Because no, if you, yes. too many people convince themselves it's decided, it's going to go the other way. And then we're going to be like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Yes. I'm in, I'm in a bit of a sticky situation. Why? Uh-huh. Because, because the nursing home called and said, um, do you want your mother to vote? Right. And I said, sure. Um, Problem. But- Problem being that my mother can't really decide who she because she has no idea. Uh, well, and then, no, then she shouldn't vote. Because then I would be leading her. Oh no! Oh, well, she'll vote how you tell her. She she would do anything oh, well, I tell her have to do. Her vote. Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but, oh, absolutely. But right. But it, and I, because I don't, I have to be there because if I if I tell them yes, I would like my mother to vote, and the person that gives her whatever it is that she indicates on which she indicates her vote, if they have an agenda, whatever they point to on right. that paper, my mother will vote for that right. because she doesn't know any better. Right. So I have to be there yes. to skew her my way. <laughs> so I, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's ethically, it's not right, but yeah, she can't yeah, make the, 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 country, so. she can't make the decision for herself. Right. So you're in a swing state, Doug. All the votes I know. Yeah. I know, right? So there we go. A little bit of politics at the end, but it's at the end, so y'all don't care. Right, right. Okay. As always, say goodnight. David. Good night. David. <laughs> you, did, you didn't do the hoo-ha. No, I thought about it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Alright, take yeah. Bye. We love you so much. Especially David. Yeah, David. Yeah.